everybody and welcome back if you've returned to join us or welcome if you're a new listener to season nine of sequelizers i am your host as always jack chambers and joining me also as always it's matt stockton scully you know that film i just showed you i'm making it again (laughs) (laughs) dear god inaccurate for this thing but works in sequelizers terms yeah yeah definitely and the molder to matt scully I'm definitely a Mulder. I know you're a Mulder. That was the joke. Tim Maton. Two things you're going to find in the next 24 hours. A dead agent and that this guy, Jack L.W. Chambers, is a big fat fraud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, yeah. What yeah. if you're wrong, Tim? What if you're wrong? <laughs> what if he's right? God damn it. And this is how it all spirals. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you probably... If you have any relative knowledge of the thing we're discussing this episode, you probably have already guessed it from the few references there. A bit more overt than we usually do. We sometimes do, do little sneaky cryptic uh, references. But I think they were, they, were, they were uncryptic enough, obvious enough for people to... Very un- inconsistent. How <laughs> yes, we are. Sometimes we basically just say it. Our agenda is a cloudy one. Sometimes I know the movie and fixing the, the sequel have written a pitch have read the synopses, and you two do quotes, and I'm like, where the fuck is that from? When did that happen? And then sometimes you're just like, here's the obvious thing. I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Catchphrase. Exactly, exactly. Well, this week, ladies and gentlemen, we are fixing a weird one, and we'll get into it. It's a sequel to a movie that was a sequel to a TV show that then the TV show was then brought back and it's a whole big mess because this... It's, week... a, it's a real layered sandwich of a it, thing. It There's is. a lot of slices of bread and fillings in there. Yeah. There was an episode people say, does this count? This is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think we have talked about films related to TV shows before. I think we did an episode on that in an in-season previously. Mm. And this is one of them because we're talking about 2008's The X-Files, I Want to Believe. What a fucking terrible title that is. Good <laughs> lord. <laughs> And yeah, it, it's a it's a weird one. But before we get to fixing X Files and discussing fight for the future, and and I want to believe, yes, those are the real subtitles, sort of. Let's say a little thank you to the lovely patrons on Patreon.com/sequelizer, shall we? Because you listeners out there in the wonderful podcasting world can go to Patreon.com/sequelizer. You can get ad-free episodes. You can get early access to episodes the Friday before it comes out on the Tuesday for the general public. You can get exclusive t-shirts. You can get discounts on our merch store. You can get all of the posters we've released so far in a big old bundle. And if you go to the highest of the tiers, you can become an executive producer, get a shout out on our live streams and on these podcasts. And some of the people have gone to the very highest of the tiers and have picked films for us to fix. We've already had quite a few picks this season. Some good, some weird. (laughs) True. We did Fern Gully 2 for a reason because somebody else told us to. <laughs> Mother of fucking tears. <laughs> Mother of tears. Yeah. If you haven't heard those episodes, please do go back and listen to them. Genuinely good episodes from films I had not heard of before the mm. patrons went, hey, go and fix this. We're like, oh, okay. Sure. I guess. I've never. What is that? Like, Mother of tears. It's, in a, it's a sequel <laughs> 25 years after the original one. It's Italian. I was like, oh my God, you're so far out of mind. <laughs> this one, interestingly enough, is something that I was also not familiar with. Yeah, I'm enough. fascinated by this. We'll get yeah, to it in a minute. Though. Yeah, we will do. But the executive producers for this week are Mr. Jonathan Firth-Clark. Look at this, Scully. 
There's been another unsubstantiated UFO sighting in the heartland of America. We've got to get there right away. Well, gee, Mulder, there's also this report of a shipment of drugs and illegal weapons coming into New Jersey tonight. <sighs> I hardly think the FBI is concerned with matters like that. Josh van der Sluis. Agents Mulder and Scully, FBI. <gasps> is this about that pen that I took from the post office? I, I swear, I didn't know I'd put it in my purse. Then I was going to bring it back, but the dog chewed it up, and that just made things worse. <laughs> Actually, we're here to see your husband about his UFO encounter. Oh! Come! Come in! James McDowell. Now we're going to run a few tests. This is a simple lie detector. I'll ask you a few yes or no questions and you just answer truthfully. Do you understand? Yes. Mike Salvia. Wait a minute, Scully. What's the point of this test? No point. I just thought he could stand to lose a little weight. His jiggling is almost hypnotic. Yes. It's like a lava lamp. Josh Miles. This is the worst assignment we've ever had. Worse than the time we were attacked by the flesh-eating virus? No, this is much more irritating. I've seen enough, Mulder. Let's go. Yeah, okay. And the most alien named of all of our executive producers, Xenos. But somewhere out there, something is watching us. There are alien forces acting in ways we can't perceive. Are we alone in the universe? Impossible. When you consider the wonders that exist all around us. Voodoo priests of Haiti, the Tibetan numerologists of Appalachia, the unsolved mysteries of unsolved mysteries, the truth is out there. Thank you, you wonderful executive producers and all the people on our Patreon. You make this show possible. The reason we now have 12 episode seasons and we have the wonderful inter-season episodes that keep us going. The reason we're doing weekly episodes and monthly live streams and we're able to produce more t-shirts with more merch and all this kind of stuff is because of your wonderful support. Of course, we understand it's still, and we feel like we're out of the pandemic. We're not really. It's still very tough times out there. If you can't support us, we totally understand it. We appreciate anybody who listens. If you can review, engage with us on social media, all that stuff. Thank you very much for the support. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those in charge of dealing with the pandemic are now causing. It's like, yes. great. Brilliant. T time for more tough times to just carry <laughs> yes. on forever. Tough times are here to stay. Yeah. Yay. If there's anything we've learned from the X-Files, it's that tough times are here to stay. <laughs> Even when you have a long hiatus. Yeah. Like we did. Yeah. Like the X-Files did. Yeah. In a way, we're the X-Files of podcast. No, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> but uh, only in our sexual tension. Well, <laughs> that's very true. And we'll, we'll talk about that, don't you worry. So let's dive in, shall we, and talk about our history with the franchise, which is a weird thing to say because we're going to have to talk about TV shows and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, as I often do, I'll kick off. <laughs> Never seen an episode of X-Files in my life and uh, hadn't watched either of these films. Until three days ago. <laughs> I, so I'm such a target audience for X-Files nonsense, right? Like, I love Fringe. I love all the like sci-fi stuff that is very clearly inspired by X-Files. Yeah. All these TV shows that have come since that are very clearly inspired by it. Weirdly enough, I've listened to podcasts about X-Files. Of course you have. <laughs> more, than I, more than I've actually watched X-Files. I'm aware of it. Like, I know... Oh, Mulder's you know the, the kind of like, he's the conspiracy theorist, alien believer guy, and mm. Scully's the skeptic, and Gillian Anderson, when she had her American accent, still hurts my brain, because I'm so used to her with an English accent these days. Yeah. I keep seeing her in stuff, so stuff like um, Sex Education on Netflix, for example, she's very, very English, and Gillian Anderson in real life has this weird 
mishmash transatlantic accent because she is mm. both British and American. Yeah. And in real life, she talks with both accents depending on where she is. And it's not like a put on thing. Mm -hmm. And it feels very natural. But going back to the late 90s and seeing Gillian Anderson full American, I was like, oh, that's weird. This feels really strange. Yeah. I'm so used to you with an English accent. And I'm sure other people felt the same way when they saw her essentially like the revival of her career over the last few years and seeing her show up in TV shows and stuff. I'm like, wait, she's British. Oh my God. Well, that, that's, that's what they want you to believe, Jack. There's actually two of them. One is American, one is British. They were separated at birth. Explains um, a lot. And they've been working the career under the name <laughs> You Jimmy still Anderson. think they were separated at birth? No, Matt. One of them's a clone. This is very... Tim, you one think of... cloning technology is a thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's begun. <laughs> oh no, what have I started? I wonder if it's an age thing with you, Jack. Maybe because yeah. you you were you know born in 1990, so yeah. X Files started in 94. I think by the time like you were mm. getting to the age where you into getting into that shit, X Files was getting shit. Mm. So I wonder if it's like mm, not as appealing. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, mm. um, I'm just gonna check. 1993 is when it started. It, so. it, it first yeah. started showing in the UK in 94. There that's you when, go. That's when there we got go. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am definitely too young for that shit. I was. I watched Jurassic Park in 1994. I didn't watch X Files. I, my mm. I get like I said before, my dad is a huge Star Trek fan, so I grew up watching a lot of Star Trek and stuff like that. So went into Star Wars, and I'm obviously now a huge sci-fi fan. Sure. And yeah, X-Files feels like something I should have seen before. Not consciously, and I actually thought about this probably like five or six months ago. A podcast I listened to do little like spin-off bonus episodes for their Patreon, much like we do. And the patrons vote on... They, it's the Games Master podcast I've touched on a couple of times before, oh, yeah. under yeah. consultation. Um, and the patrons vote on like, oh, go and do another 90s TV show and use your format of how you talk about a Games Master episode, mm. but do it for Funhouse or Gladiators or yeah, some yeah. other bollocks. Mm. And they did a Halloween episode and they did Ice, which is basically the thing, the thing but <laughs> mm -hmm. X-Files. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I've never seen the X-Files. Both of the hosts fucking love the X-Files. I was like, but I love the thing. And this is basically the thing. I'm like, that actually sounds pretty good. I should maybe check that out. And then we went, we're doing the X-Files movie for season nine. I was like, ooh, do I try and watch X-Files now and like really go for it and try and like catch up basically and then be ready for when <laughs> we eventually sequelize it? That's such a commitment. And so that's a lot of TV to watch. That was the thing. I was like, I've got, I got a lot of other stuff. To do. I've got movies to watch for sequelizers and yeah. movies to watch for pleasure and other TV shows and other yeah. blah, 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 blah. That's full 90s syndication of 22 plus episodes per mm, season yeah. and all hour long. There's 11, there's 11 seasons, so that's like 250. Uh, fuck that. Mm. No, I can't be. Yeah. I'm doing that. I'll, just, I'll be fine. And then it got to like three weeks ago and I was like, I still haven't seen an episode of X-Files. And we had this conversation, and I'll get to you in a sec, Tim, because um, we'll obviously come back around to Matt, who has seen everything ever, forever. Um, <laughs> and we actually had the conversation of like, should we go in blind? And Matt, unsurprisingly, being the expert, was like, would you recommend any particular episodes for us to like get us in the mood, ready yeah. for the things? And spoiler alert as well, you're also the one fixing it, which yeah. makes the most sense. Since you, had It was the, the most... logical choice. Whether I wanted to or not, I made the mm. most sense because it saved you having to do a lot of research. <laughs> yeah. And we've, yeah. Had this, we've had this question a couple of times before as well. Like, would you guys do sequels to TV shows and stuff? And yeah. we've always said, no. The well, we'll behind here and, so much time. What, oh, you could do like season five of Breaking Bad and be like, that means I have to watch four seasons of that show. Bad example, I love Breaking Bad, but you know <laughs> what I mean. Certain TV shows yeah. jump the shark and get bad eventually, much like film franchises do. Like, oh, that's too much work. Well, it's, it's Brian David Gilbert reading all the Halo books. Yes. yes. And spending an entire year doing it or something, and they're like, why did I do this? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I, I also 
had never watched the X Files. Excellent. Okay. Also yeah. fascinating to me. Yeah. yeah. So I would have been eight when the X Files started mm. showing in the UK. Again, yeah. a bit too young. And I, th- I, I think I like know. there were there were definitely there were people in my class who were watching the X Files, and I remember it being a thing where my pa- I think I think I remember a conversation where my parents were like. That's too scary for you. Not oh, that they watched it. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, Inappropriate. It also, like, it showed at, like, 9.30 on a weekday mm, in the UK, right, I seem right, to yeah. remember. So it was like, oh, well, you know, that's a little bit late for eight-year-old Tim to be, like, up and watching it. Yeah. Um, I remember very nearly watching an episode at, like, someone's birthday party. They were like, oh, we should put on an episode oh, weird sentence that is. yeah no, that sounds like but that was welcome to millennial birthday parties everybody we watched goosebumps episodes at ben's birthday party a couple of years <laughs> that's ago. true yeah, yeah. Like, and weirdly enough i had actually watched the first x-files movie i can't interesting i can't i i seem to remember i did it when i was like house sitting for someone and i have no <laughs> idea i think it must have just been on tv was your house sitting? There's nothing left, and they have one DVD, and it's only well, the X Files. If, if it's if it, <laughs> if my memory is accurate, I was house sitting for people who have a whole bunch of DVDs of stuff that I would like to watch, and yet I ended up watching the X Files. <laughs> I guess movie. the classic gravitate towards like, huh? I'm familiar with this property. Yeah, I've got nothing to do, nothing to lose. It's it's yeah. the note. It's the same thing with scrolling through shit on Netflix. Yeah. It's like, huh? I'll give that a go. Yeah. Until recently, had not watched any episodes of the X Files. Matt gave us his recommendation. I three did. episodes. I have watched three episodes of The X-Files. They were not Matt's recommendation ones. Oh! Oh! I, in- oh, I fully shit. intended to. You <laughs> son of a bitch! Betrayal! But what I wanted to do first, I, yes, I watched yeah. the pilot episode, because obviously that's a good... Legitimate. The first, the first episode. I watched the second episode, because I was like, second episodes, especially in like syndicated TV of this kind of era like 90s and 2000s that sets up a lot it's a really good All indication because it's it's a it's the show still finding its feet but it's also this is what an average episode of this show is going to be like Bing. and so i was like okay i'm gonna watch the second episode and i'm also gonna watch the third episode because i've heard of this one it's the one with the squeezy serial killer squeeze <laughs> yeah squeeze so you basically watch the first three episodes of season so one. i've watched the first three episodes of season I one i wouldn't fault you for that Tim. that's fine Nothing wrong with that. The ones that Matt recommended, I did. I've watched like the first half of oh. the of uh, Beyond the Sea, which was this, the yes. one you recommended. How much we uh, put weight on your recommendations, Fuckers, Usually, man. we spend a lot of time like all the listeners, like, oh, there was that film Matt recommended. It was an off comment in like season six somewhere. Yep. And we'll dive into the Discord and be like, oh yeah, it was this thing. Definitely recommend it. Matt knows what he's talking about. I didn't watch anything, and Tim watched three completely different episodes. <laughs> Pieces of shit. But oh, I, met, yeah. I, I enjoyed the ones I watched, and I may go back and watch. We'll you know, come back to that. Yeah, we, yeah, we'll, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. ones that, uh, that that Matt recommended. So uh, it was Beyond the Sea, which was an episode in the first season. It's yep. like one point one thirteen. Yeah. One thirteen. Yep. Clyde Bruckman's final repose, which is yep. season three, episode four, and season three, episode twenty two, Quagmire. And I've heard of Quagmire before yeah. as a famous mm. episode for people to watch. A lot of fans now saying, why don't you recommend Home? And it's like, oh, yeah. this be, there's always going to be some, it's any television show. It's like three episodes, three? Jesus, all right. Yeah. So, yeah. I did notice um, Clyde, Clyde Brookman's, it's like the second highest rated on the IMDb. And yeah. I, think, I think Home might be the top rated one, if memory serves. Yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the episodes that I watched. And it's like Jack, it's completely that my kind of, 
area of things. I've watched Fringe, which is mm. seen by a lot of people as a like spiritual successor to it, but missed it at the time. And it was of an age when VHS recordings were very expensive to like buy. Mm. If you wanted an ep- there were times when you could buy it, you would get a single episode, you would of get, episode yes. on a video and you're like, yes. for twelve ninety nine. You're like, you fucking kidding me. Yeah. Um yeah. And it was rated 15 or something like that, so you couldn't easily buy it. it. Yes, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so I, I'd, I'd never seen it, but watched those three, then watched X-Files Fight the Future, and then watched I Want to Believe. God, the, this, I, I've got so much to say. <laughs> well, let's, When let's, don't you have so much to say, Matt? That's fair. Let's pass over to you now, Matt. What's your history with the X-Files? Wind him up if, and watch as him if put, As if people couldn't divine from our current <laughs> conversation. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I was um, but a wee child. Well, I was a good profiler for the FBI and they put me in the basement because I was too <laughs> spooky. Um, no, okay. So so essentially, if you'd asked me this question two years ago, I would have said, yeah, it was all right. Interesting. However, I recently reminded myself about the X-Files and because it's all on Disney Plus now mm. and readily available and things, I went back and watched a lot of it. <coughs> Noted Disney property, the X-Files. The X-Files, yeah. 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 And the Scully a Disney princess now? Is that how that works? That's, that's, how that that, works, that, that, that's the logic of the entire so Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Or Mulder. And so is Mulder, yeah. Actually, no, it's it's uh, Skinner. Skinner. Yes. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Mitch Pelegi. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. It's beautiful it. I had downs. To, I had to explain who Mitch Pelegi was to Emma. Again, usually mm. watch them in the living room and Emma's doing something else. She's doing cross stitch at the moment. Yeah. So she's like kind of watching it over my shoulder. She's like, I recognize that guy. It's like, yeah. Do you remember when I rewatched uh Behind the Magician's Secrets or whatever the fuck that thing is called. And there's that really creepy voiceover guy saying like, well, all the girls are really flexible. And like, remember how you're really skeezed out by that dude? Doing... That's Mitch Pelegi. He's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Watch him walk on at the end of Magician's Secrets. There he is. There's Skinner and X-Files. <laughs> Same guy. Has she, has she never seen Sons of Anarchy, by the way? She has, yes. He's a Nazi. I that? know. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had that conversation oh, as well. Yeah. So I have a new answer other than, eh, it's all right. And my answer is The Matrix. <laughs> That's the most Matt answer in the world. In that. I hate you so much. It was massively important to me and really influential. And I adored it until it got shit. <laughs> and then I abandoned it. Mm. But now I'm gone back and realized, no, The X-Files was not... In the same way I remember on the Bourne episode, how I'm surprised how much the Bourne films, Bourne identity specifically, mm. shaped a lot of my adult life. Like, oh, mm. I, I've never given this thing credit for being mm. such an impact. Yeah, yeah. X-Files is the same. Yeah, I think I think it's like people who are like 30 and younger, yes. like it didn't experience like the the cultural phenomena that it was yeah. when it was at its height. Those yeah. first like f- four or five seasons, maybe, like pr- basically before the movie. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was such a juggernaut of like, you know, you had them guest starring on the Simpsons and like every, like it was just yeah, so yeah, beat me to it, Tim, <laughs> the classic Jack saw on the, on the Simpsons yeah. before we saw yeah. it in real life. The cultural impact Tim's right entirely yeah. in songs, in film, in TV, yeah. the fucking theme song. No, 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 no. I know that theme song off the top of my head. Mm. You say yeah. X-Files theme song. I can hum and do the little, mm. mm-hmm. little moments. Never seen an episode in my life. That's how, like, like you said before, Matt, like, it's almost impressive that I've not seen an episode. It is. Like, I've consciously, somehow, subconsciously avoided watching mm-hmm. it for 30 years, and I don't know how I've done it, because I trod in those circles. I watched similar things. I've watched all the mm-hmm. things that have been inspired by the X-Files. Yeah. How have I managed to not watch an episode of the X-Files? 
because it was such a cultural phenomenon yeah. in the late 90s. I don't think I could... Okay, so to, to, to clarify with, with Tim's age, there's a very slight age difference between... There's a very slight age difference between Tim and myself. And when yeah. Series 1 was airing in Britain, I was 10. Mm. And I remember very distinctly, because I was before I, before I moved to Norwich, I went to the shops and I was allowed to buy one thing from WH Smith's, wherever it was. <laughs> and rather than a magazine about, you know, whatever the fuck, PC gamer or something like that, mm. I said, I want this. Mm. And they said, what is it? And I said, it's a map from this show. And my mum was like, no, no, Yeah. In hell. And it was a map of the United States. And it, I pinned it on my wall. Mm-hmm. And it was an X-Files map, which had all the episodes tracking where all the things allegedly took that's place. That's really cool. It was a fucking cool bit of... Like, mm. you know, like, You're like, such a nerd, but I that's know. so cool. And I, I, was bet, like, I bet there's an exact same thing, but for Supernatural. Oh, God. Oh, the, yeah, they, there has been. Except, yeah, yeah, the Supernatural one will be like three times as dense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, forever. Is, 500 this was just episodes. season one at the time. And it was just the idea like, you know, this case is all over America. Mm. And I thought, this is amazing. What a crazy land. Um... <laughs> But I was into it. And again, I cannot stress this enough. By 1998, I'd moved to Norwich and I saw... It was X-Files the movie. It wasn't Fight the Future. It was, not, it was never called Fight the Future no. in theatres. No, it was the movie. Now. And mm. I saw that shit in the cinema It's in just Norwich. called X-Files. Yeah. It's not called X-Files the movie. Oh. It's just called X-Files. The title mm. card is X-Files. It's fucking stupid. I think it was branded on posters of the movie. But I'm sure it was. Way, yeah, mm. yeah. yeah, the title card is just yeah. X-Files. And we started that today with Doom, by the way. Yeah. Doom part yeah. one, but not on the posters. So I went to that. And um, so series six, the thing that came after the first film. Mm. Yes, because the first film was between seasons five and six, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm. And yeah. that aired in, I think, 1999, thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Now, at that point, 93 to 99, officially, you know, in terms of mm. airing dates, that thing was fucking great. As a television show, as an impact, as a cultural movement, as a thing, it was the biggest... I, I cannot stress this enough. A television show getting a major blockbuster motion picture mm. didn't happen. Yeah, I can't... It still doesn't really. No. Yeah. yeah. It was... You could get like, you know, you get a made-for-TV special or a mm. feature-length yeah, yeah. episode feature or something episode, crazy yeah, like yeah. that. Mm. But getting a genuine advertised cinematic release, unheard of. The, the closest thing is Star Trek. That's exactly it. 100%. I was yeah. going to make that analogy, yeah. But um, never going back to the show in a way. Well, obviously, the way Star Trek did was the whole DS9, but you're right. You ma- so imagine different. if we have like 20 X-Files movies as well as like all the Star Trek. And <laughs> oh every, every odd, well, every I mean, odd-numbered X-Files film. I was about watch. to say, <laughs> <laughs> so far the rule is holding. that like, yeah. It works so far, yeah, yeah. God damn. Because, yeah, weird enough, let's, let's get into the film. I actually quite like the first movie. It's all right. I think it's pretty well made. Like as a guy coming in completely blind, That's, I have so many questions and yeah. all this sort of stuff. So I then went and did research into like the lore and the mythology because a really common thing for a lot of these kind of long-running sci-fi shows, which is basically the template that I guess Star Trek kind of did this in many ways as well, having yeah. little arcs and stuff and overarching stories and stuff. I, I would the say the X Files and the X Files kind of the mythology defined thing. it Buffy and popularized it. it on... Buffy and yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all this kind of stuff. I use Fringe as an example here because yes. that's so closely related to X-Files and it mm. had the Monster of the Week episode, mm. which is, again, the template that Buffy inherited. You mm-hmm. get this, like, you mentioned, like, oh, there's the squeegee serial killer or there's this there's this one thing yeah. or, like, oh, mm. there's this crazy monster mm-hmm. and whatever or mm. this guy goes crazy or whatever the fuck it is. Mm. Yeah. And then you get the ones that tie into the season-by-season season overarching plot called now called the lore or the mythology mm. episodes. Yes. And I have always been, unsurprisingly, a mythology and lore guy. (laughs) 
surprise, surprise, I'm me. Mm. Um, and even when I was watching Fringe, when I was watching Buffy, all these kind of things that I've watched that, like I said, have been very clearly inspired by the X-Files and its structure and all this kind of stuff. I'd be like, oh, fucking monster of the week. Yeah, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> you want to get past it to get back to the story. I, I want to know what's going on. But the, the end of the world, we know there's a prophecy <laughs> at the beginning of the season. There's going to be the end of the world. What the fuck is going on? Oh, let's go fix this computer monster. You're like, what the fuck are you doing? Get back to the end of the world stuff. That's what I care about. And this, from what I understand, there were little sprinklings of like stuff at the very, very beginning of like the cigarette smoking man, which I know is a reference, as, as referenced in Mass Effect, for example. Mm. Um, and all this kind of like gov- government conspiracy theory type stuff that is then planting the seeds for all the other alien stuff that's coming through and is very much like blown up and really explored in this movie. It's like, oh, you learn, holy shit, there are aliens, they're planning to like repopulate the earth or something. Colonization. They're, they're, the col- mm. they're known as the colonists in the fandom and all this kind of mm. stuff. Like, and they're literal little grey alien, the classic mm. grey yes. type things. But when they're in a young state, they're these big, scary, like predator looking things. And I found that really interesting. I was hooked straight away. I was like, oh shit, okay, this is mythology stuff. Mm. This is brilliant. Cool. I'm 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 really interested. I, I would want to like I now want to go and find like the the watch list of like skip all the Monster of the Week stuff. Mm-hmm. What are the essential mythology episodes of X Files so I can mm. watch like 40 episodes and get all eleven seasons you all can planned out, that, blah yeah. blah blah, mm. all that kind of I've already looked them up. There's loads of them online, as, yeah. as you can imagine. And probably a great deal of debate about, like, oh, this counts as whoa, a mythology whoa, you, episode. You've got to include... But but the Serious Smoking Man is in the background of yeah. season three, yeah. episode seven. And that that's happening at the same time yeah. for him. Implies uh, a connection. Implies a connection the, to season four, episode two. So you can't watch season mm-hmm. four, episode two without... I'm making these numbers up before you get, <laughs> get out of my ass, X-Files fans. I'm just pulling these. Because I've done the same thing for things like Clone Wars as well in Star Wars. Whenever I recommend Clone Wars to people, I'm like, you just want to have fun in Star Wars, or do you want big, overarching Jedi stories and cool stuff? Do you want to know the, what happened to da- next to Darth Maul, or do you just want to have fun in the Star Wars universe? Mm. I'm like, oh, Darth Maul. I'm like, right. Season four, episode two, <laughs> you first see him, then you meet his brother in season four, episode seven, <laughs> and then there's a double bill at the end of that. They they meet Darth Sidious, right? And I I am the nerd that is being mm. like, right, here's the mythology. Go yes. watch this stuff. And then I read, read about it, and I basically spoiled the show for myself. Mm. I'm probably not going to watch it anyway. And then spoke to Matt about it, and he was like, yeah, it gets real stupid. And I read it, and I was like, this, is, this is, sounds terrible. And then I was reading like the, the, the IMDb ratings, as you mentioned, Tim, like mm. highest rated episodes, lowest mm. rated episodes. And like The ending is universally panned. I'm like, oh, mm. that's enough to put me off a TV show that I don't mm. want to commit, don't know, fifth, even if I'm filtering it down to those 40 or whatever episodes that's still like 30 hours of my life that I could be doing something else with. Yep. I don't want to spend that time to then be like, and it was all a dream. And I'm like, fuck, that's not the ending, by the way. But I would just be so pissed off knowing the ending that I know. I'm just like, mm, no, I don't want to deal with that shit. So I'm in this weird place where I like, really enjoyed the first one. I'm enthused to see more of the mythology. I'm tempted to just like watch a couple of episodes here and there and just like leave it at that and not bother with all the bullshit. <laughs> See, I, I am someone, and I think to me, like, Buffy was to me what the X-Files was to Matt, I think. Yeah, I like Buffy a lot, but I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I, I love um, Buffy. Yeah. And I, I love that model of storytelling. I love the having the Monster of the Week episodes and then sprinkling in the mythology. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it's something that we've almost moved away from too much in 
that now we have these fully everything seri- serialized. Everything yes, serialized. Yeah. There's no time to stop and tell us a single interesting story. And every episode is just, you know, and you can kind of almost extend this out to the MCU and stuff like everything oh, yeah, setting yeah. up future yep. stuff. Yep. Like, just make a fucking good episode of TV, make a good movie, like, and that is its own reward in a lot of ways. Um, and you know, many of the best Buffy episodes are completely standalone. Yep. You know, or they're they're only you know they're they're advancing like character arcs, but they're not really advancing like mythology. You're so right about the character stuff. That's what you miss out with this mythology mythology stuff mm. is. All the little building, you mentioned the tension between, yeah. the sexual tension between Scully and Mulder. Mm. For so, so long, that builds up over seasons and seasons. Yep. It even builds up during the first film when they have that kiss that's not a kiss mm. and there's a whole moment and a whole thing. And it's those character moments you miss out on if you skip that Monster of the Week mm. stuff. Like I said, I'm totally guilty of it. I've done it before. Mm. And mm. I'm very much like a product of modern <laughs> Netflix binging. Yeah, Wikipedia, like fan wiki. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. yeah. I try not to like, I, Emma has done this. Funny you mentioned Sons of Anarchy earlier, Matthew, with Mitch Pelegi. We were watching Sons of Anarchy together and Emma is a pain in the ass for spoiling stuff. She went and read ahead and then was like, oh, I don't like the ending, I don't want to watch it anymore. I was like, either do that before we start watching, before we're like three and <laughs> yeah. a half seasons now into a seven season show. Yeah. We're like halfway through and spoiler alerts for Sons of Anarchy, she was just like, oh, so-and-so dies at the end and it's all pointless and like, well, I don't want to watch it now. <laughs> now I know half the fucking characters are going to die, and now I don't fucking care. I kind of like the ending of Sons of Anarchy. Really? When you see it, and yeah. it's been lived over seven seasons, yeah, yeah, it works. But I think, again, that comes down to, if you just read the synopsis, it's That's like, the thing. Yeah. huh, so let me get this straight. Yeah. He throws the ring into Mount Doom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to read that. It's like, exactly. Yeah. No, it's the mo- it's moving. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 I didn't no. even have that. We- <laughs> I had Emma telling it to me. Oh, no, I, I which is even yeah. worse. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, oh, yeah, so-and-so dies, I think. And I'm like, what do you mean you think? Yeah. It's yeah, black yeah. and white in fucking front of you. What are you talking about? <laughs> and, we, and we say this, that reading the summary is not exp- the same as experiencing the thing. Aware that that's basically what we do on this. <laughs> that's what we always say with the pictures. Like, yeah. we're, obviously, we're missing out this, this, and this. And we'll get yeah. to some synopses in a moment as well. If you haven't yes. seen these movies, oh yeah, we're, yeah. <laughs> well, I, this is the point. I'm going to get a lot of things out here away because we're going to get into a lot of stuff with the synopsis of the. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the, the, before we kind of get into the synopsis and stuff, I, yes. I do want to say, like, it's fascinating talking about like how serialized stuff is, like watching the progression of how that has gone in TV, and I think. X Files is one of those like landmark things that has shifted it towards serialization. Obviously, sometimes that's driven by technology. The rise of streaming meant that serialization was a lot easier and stuff like that. But you have these notable series like like Hill Street Blues was like this big leap forward in how storytelling was done on TV. Yeah, the X Files, and I think it's not a surprise that they kind of fucked up the ending because. Obviously, Chris Carter had plans when he was like, oh, there's going to be a big conspiracy. That's the lead writer, by That's the way. That's the lead writer, yeah. the showrunner kind yeah. of thing. Kind of one of the first people who was recognized as like, this is a showrunner. Yeah. Because yeah. that wasn't a common term no. to begin with. This is um, a sort of sole creator kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, because yeah. you so often have the mon- quote unquote month of the week or mm. just the isolated episode mm. thing, you just get a writer in to write an episode and ta da, there you go. Yes. Yeah. Which would happen with all these shows. You've, as you said, Tim, you very rarely got that thing that is. Like often the first person that is announced will think, "Oh, there's a new show coming out. Who's the showrunner?" Like, yes, that's a that's just in our lexicon now. It's just the, yeah. the way we consume media. Yeah. Whereas that was not a thing, and you didn't have I hate the MCU, the Kevin Feige, yeah. the, <laughs> the Vince Gilligan, the whatever, like yeah. overseeing this whole like yeah 
mm. the overarching story and Vin- making Vince sure Gilligan, everything's consistent. Who wrote some stuff. X-Files episodes. Yes. I'm mentioning, like I'm like mentioning a, Vince Gilligan for a reason. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the idea is like, you say like, uh, there's a new show. Yeah. David Chase is doing it. Oh, fuck me, the Sopranos guy. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. That's, yeah. You just yeah. go along with it, though, isn't it? Yeah. And I think when Chris Carter started it, you know, when the show was first conceived, they would have had ideas of where it was going, but they would nef- definitely not have had a concrete plan, partially because, ba- especially back in those days, like, you have no idea how long a show is going to run. I mean, you still like, don't these days. You don't? kind of still <laughs> don't, but, but it's... Very much so in the 90s, yeah. I mean, I think ca- more... prime case, the cigarette-smoking man wasn't a character. He was just a He bloke. was just a guy who was brought yeah. in to stand yeah. there and look a bit ominous and yeah. shit. And yeah. like, oh, wow. And the audience like latched on to like, oh, we'll, make something, we'll do something big with him then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, he's just in, in the he, pilot episode. Yeah, he's in the pilot. He's yeah. there, but he's just like... He literally says nothing. He's just, just in the office. Ominous figure. Looking yeah. ominous. Looking ominous. Yeah, and I think you can look at almost probably something like Lost is the next progression. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> where As soon as you said, they didn't know how it was going to end, my mind went, last, 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 last. <laughs> Alarm yeah. bells are ringing. Yeah, which had a similar problems, where, but but was more... Fucking Lindelof, fucking Abrams. Like people, because the internet was more accessible at that point, there was more discussion of like, where's the mythology going? And it set itself up explicitly as like a mystery with lots of things to be discovered, which the X-Files did as well. But like the the... The X Files also had that monster of the week thing, whereas Lost, like you're you're trapped on an island, so you can't escape the mystery of the island. Yeah, yeah. and then you get something like I don't know, almost like like Breaking Bad, where someone's like, "No, we have this set story to tell, yeah. and we're going to t- like barring us getting cancelled, we're going to tell this story." And and we touched on this for films, you know, the bottle films, the isolated films, mm. the famous episode of Breaking Bad that I mentioned mm. on that episode. We talked about was that a Patreon. I can't remember. Was that interseason? Can't remember. I'm trying to think about that. Yeah. Mm. Can't remember. But I mentioned that Breaking Bad episode of The Fly mm. because it was the writer's strike and all this kind of mm. stuff. And they're like, we need, we have like two buildings. Uh, we can't go into the rest of Albuquerque. Mm. Uh, just have Walt and Jesse hang out in a room for like four hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll basically shoot it in real time. Put a fly in there. Mm. Fuck it. What happens when there's a fly? In a meth clinic, <laughs> a meth lab. Yeah, that's an episode. Like that's that's an isolate. That's a monster mm. of the week. The monster mm. of the week is the there fly. Yeah. <laughs> so I was saying before we get into the synopsis, I have a lot of stuff I want to just run through quickly. Fair, because I think verbal diarrhea. Y- there really needs to be to cover some stuff for both the audience's purposes and respectively for your purposes, uh, Tim and Jack. So the X Files series one to six, ninety three, arguably to ninety nine, is for the most part. Really fucking good television. Yeah, of course there are dips when there's terrible moments and it's really 90s in places and very questionable and yada, yada, yada. Series 7, things start to wane a bit. Now, as I mentioned before, the first film, Fight the Future, takes place in between Series 5 and Series 6. Series 6 would have these moments on television where you'd have these big black bars come up and you'd see sections from the film saying, previously on X-Files, I think, oh, it's the film. Anyway. It also had quite a few episodes where Mulder and Scully had very reduced roles, if I'm, yes. if I'm speaking correctly, yeah, so because they were off filming the film. Yeah, so Series 7 got really problematic. Yeah, Series 7 got really problematic because it started to drift a bit and things were already wrapped up. So we talk about like what's called the syndicate part of the mythology story, which is the... The cigarette-smoking man and yeah. the creepy German guy. and the- Yeah, deep throat, all that sort of stuff. Everything. Yeah, it's deep throat as mm-hmm. yeah. uh, contact. But the point being, more importantly... The story starts with Mulder, who's spooky-ass Mulder, Fox Mulder, is um, looking for his dead-ass sister. 
Is she dead? Don't know, but she's been abducted. So, you know, got to find her somewhere. And that mystery drives everything. That's pretty much his, like, driving force in the is whole show, right? Forever. Yeah. He, he, uh, he opens himself to the idea of the unknown because he's like, well, this, this is real. Then potentially anything's real. And I, th- and I know people are hurting people by covering it up, et cetera, et cetera. That's the character motivation mm. thing. Now, when that's resolved, I think by series six, the show just kind of exists and limps on for a little while. Yeah, you've taken away one of your main characters' driving motivations. Yeah, and you've got a point where the two leads are like, we're kind of done with this. So mm. series seven is meh, it's doing a thing. Mm. So there are some highlights, but it's the it's the series nine of Simpsons. Things start to spiral a little bit. This mm. is the cracks that show. Series eight, reduced roles for the leads. Robert Patrick appears um, mm. as oh, Dog. T1000. Yeah, and people do not like it. And then you also have on top of that, Annabeth Gish as Reyes, mm. as this other character. And again, at this point, it's like the show is trying to revolve into a different form. People don't like it. Mm-hmm. And it has a finale that pisses everyone off. Yeah. Then, in 2008, we'll get to say things. This other film comes out. I want to believe. Mm. Universally hated. We'll, we'll get on to that. We'll get we'll, on to we'll, we'll, I promise scores, we'll Don't you worry. Then, weirdly, in 2010, sorry, 2016, series Time and to comes, bring it back. Ten comes back. Yeah. And it's like a six-episode miniseries sort of thing. Then, based on the in, I guess, success of that or the ratings boost of that, series eleven comes out in 2018, and that's where we are today. Mm. And that. Finished it, from what I understand. Basically, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, there's, there's, there doesn't appear to be any plans, be to, no, no plans to revive because it. Because as much the as the ending was panned, yeah. as I mentioned earlier, universally panned. And as much as it, I mean, for, for series eleven, for argument's sake, I think series eleven. It there's is. actually a. I looked this up. It good mythology episode. No, no, a good monster of the week episode in there. I think. Mm. Ah. But the mythology, the Chris Carter-driven stuff. <laughs> shit <laughs> it's, it's painfully frustrating it's run out of steam right? it's run out of steam yeah. and more, most importantly we're going to cover them, we'll cover this later there are arguments that the X-Files cannot exist post 9-11 mm. because once Ooh. you start talking about conspiracy that's why for example series 9 is 2001 um, you're like well can we do this anymore so we're talking about the idea of conspiracy theories and things um, I mean the, 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 the premiere of series 9 is November 2001. Wow. And at that point, suddenly conspiracy theories aren't a thing to be championed to get the truth out there. It's, no, the government is covering things up. But it's like, Mulder isn't here anymore. He's Mm. a dangerous crackpot. And it (laughs) it changes the the dynamic of everything. Everything shifts. And suddenly the X-Files is tainted. And it's the course of two years. It goes from the biggest thing on TV. The Lost is the same thing. I mean, Game of Thrones did the same fucking same thing. It just happens. You go, oh, yeah, I'm done. And there's there's a funny like cultural thing as well where uh, I, I read the theory I, I discussed this with Matt actually yeah. a, a few weeks ago that kind of during the nineties because we were building up to the millennium yeah there was this idea that like oh we're t- we're t- ticking over into a new millennium that has to kind of like mean something mm, right yeah, yeah which yeah. it doesn't because it's completely arbitrary yep. human numbers yep. um yes, but wrong at this point. it was this sort of vague cultural anxiety about like what does it all mean. And there was an uptick in alien, like, sightings, like UFO sightings, alien abduction stories and stuff like that, which coincided with the X-Files. And you could argue the X-Files possibly even drove that because it, you know, put it into the public consciousness. But it was a kind of a, a virtuous cycle where, the you know, the X-Files was digging into that stuff. More people were like, there were more reports in the media and stuff like that. It was all feeding into that stuff. But then 2001 comes along and you have much more like it, it, it's 
And there's this theory that basically alien abductions, UFO sightings go up when there are these weird, vague cultural anxieties that people can't put their finger on. But when you have something concrete to be terrified of, like 9-11, yeah, yeah. then it, it, people's brains like change and, and they don't, the UFO sightings essentially go down because then that's not the thing that people are scared of anymore. You're you also not scared have... of aliens, they're scared of other humans all of a sudden. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you know, they're, they're scared of, like, being blown up in a terrorist bomb rather than just this vague sense that, like, mm. something is happening and it means something, but I can't put my finger on what it means. You also have the advent of camera phones, you know, and now everybody <laughs> has a camera on technology, their phone. Technology and, like, changes it. And, it. and it is that thing of, like, UFO sightings have or reported, you know, UFO encounters, alien encounters have dipped dramatically because now everybody just goes, why don't you take a photo of it? And yeah. It's like, ah. And equally, it's like, that's CGI. You it. have a 4K camera in your phone, in yeah. your yeah. pocket, on your phone. Yeah. Just yeah. And obviously, obviously yeah. stuff still does happen and you do get recordings of, you know, like weird lights or whatever. Mm. But, but, but again, it's disproven. It's like, I could do that after effects. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. And I feel. It was, as Tim said about the syndication mindset, the idea was Star Trek went through this. At the end of your episode, reset. Yeah. So if someone jumps on because of reruns, whatever it is. The, we always talk about this, the Stan Lee comic book yes. mindset of like yes. every episode or every comic book is someone's first episode or mm -hmm. first thing. Yeah. So you need everything to be a jumping on point all the time. Yes. And that's where that kind of syndication. Which is fascinating because when from. they realized that the mythology thing had became relevant, it's like, well, now you have to stay current. Now you have to watch because mm. everybody's talking about it. And I also believe this isn't like an amazing, crazy, far-fetched theory. This is very clearly... Conspiracy theory, man. It's just a traceable line. Spooky Stockton. Um, <laughs> Twin Peaks was huge and oh, nobody knew God. why. And it was only around yes. for like two years. And yeah. they, which left in like 91. And then we said, what do we watch now? Two years later, The X-Files. Fuck yes, my yes. weird shows are back. It's another, it's another FBI agent investigating weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> rather than just being weird, it's weird and it's being covered up. Yeah. It's like, oh shit. And also yeah. David Duchovny's in it as well. Yes. Yes. Um, shall we cover the synopses of these films? Well, we should do, shouldn't we? It's going to be hard because I'm fascinated by what you guys think of these because... Well, uncontroversially, I like the first one, hated the second one. I'm just no, that's that fine. Right now. I'm just being because they both have the same challenge. How do I appeal to the, stand, the, the, the established base and court new viewers as a standalone feature? Mm. So, and they take very different yes, approaches. Yes, Damn yes. right. As we're about to get into, we've touched on both formats for Exiles here. So the first film is a mythology episode, for want a better phrase. Yes. It goes into the background. We mentioned the syndicate and the colonist aliens and all this kind of shit. The second film is Monster of the Week. Yes. Which you would think makes it way more accessible and blah, 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 blah. I disagree. But <laughs> we'll get into it. Fair. Tim, Tim it, yeah. with the weather. Take it away with the synopsis. Uh, you mean weather balloons and gas escaping from pockets? Yeah, that's yeah, all you saw. Chemtrail. Yeah, swamp gas and yeah, yeah, refracted light from Venus. Yes, there was no ship. So we'll start with the X Files or X Files or the X Files, X -Files movie, movie or the X Files colon fight the future. Fight the future. What a fucking colon dream. fight. Oh. It's still better than I want to believe. Which, like, if you're gonna take, I don't dislike the title. I want. I want to believe is at least X Files. I'll want, I'll I've well, heard that phrase before, it's, but also the truth is out there is right there and is a much better. A hundred. That's what subtitle. Hundred percent. But I suppose the Matt problem edits pitch. Yeah, is going to the pitch. Uh, they they <laughs> they can't. They couldn't have called the second film. The truth is out there because it's nothing to do with the grand conspiracy. Yes. yes. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah, Matt. Change your title. I'm going to change it now. <laughs> First X Files film. The film opens in thirty-five thousand BC in what will become North Texas. 
Whoa, whoa. It's so weird. It goes North Texas and there's a bunch of snow. I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> weird. Two cavemen hunters encounter an alien in a cave, which kills one and infects the other with a black oil-like substance made of bad CGI. <laughs> I straight up thought we were, we were going like, did they do a Venom thing for this? <laughs> oh my God. They do not listen. No. I'm, I'm a, see, I picked up stuff about the Exile, even though I didn't watch it. And I'm yeah. aware that like black oil is a it's whole thing. It's a huge thing, thing yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, jumping forward to 1998, in the same area, a boy falls into a hole and is also infected by the same substance. It's my thing. I'm going to keep it. That's my <laughs> purse. I found a skull. <laughs> Hank. Fucking taxes, man. Uh, firefighters who enter the hole to rescue him do not come out. A team of men wearing hazmat suits led by Dr. Bronschweig arrive and extract the bodies of the boy and the firefighters. We've had two cold opens so far. Yeah. Oh, this film has three cold opens, arguably. And I, like I said, I enjoy this movie. I think it works quite well. I was pleasantly surprised. I, yeah, yeah, I was annoyed. Yeah. There was an instant thing where I was like, could have done that better. Which is like, it starts, like we said, it starts with the, the 35,000 years ago in, and then it brings up like North Texas or what will become North Texas. I can't remember how it like It literally it. just says, it North, just says Texas, North Texas. It just says North Texas, yeah. Um, and it's like, you shouldn't have revealed that that's where it was. You should, have, you should have just had 35,000 years ago, cave, blah, because they do a transition from the old, from the old time okay. to the modern yeah, cave yeah, yeah. and you could have told that and then been like, oh, and it turns out it's in North Texas. Like that's... It's revealing Mars on John Carter. That we exactly. Yep. Before, like, yep. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. Meanwhile, FBI special agents Fox Mulder and Dana Scully, while investigating a bomb threat against the federal building in Dallas, discover the bomb in a building across the street. Behind a vending machine. Yeah. Or in a vending machine, I guess. Mm. Yep. Same as Die Hard. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. As the building is evacuated, the special agent in charge stays behind to disarm the bomb, but instead he simply waits for the bomb to explode, destroying much of the building. It's John Locke from Lost. It yeah. is. Lost <laughs> Link. I was like, oh, it's Locke. It's Locke. He's got weird mustache. Yeah. Who's yeah. also, I think, in two other episodes of The X-Files. Oh, oh, yeah. And it's, I mean, we touched on like how Vince Gilligan wrote for it, like, and, and what a cultural juggernaut The X-Files was. Like, so many actors crop up in episodes of The X-Files and you go, oh, it's that person. Yeah, yeah. Like, the second episode has Seth Green in it oh. um, as a stoned teenager. I mean, there's a really important and influential, well, it's important, a, a beloved episode mm. Uh, with Brian Cranston in it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cranston. It's where Cranston and Gilligan first started working together. It's where they first connected. Yeah. Like, yeah like, I remember. We should work together on something. Because mm. yeah, I'm should. a hardcore Breaking Bad geek. So I was just like, I mean, yeah. been Broderick, but yeah. All, all the behind the scenes stuff and them talking about how they first met. And stuff. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. I work, first worked with Vince on, uh, what was on, uh, 1997 in the X Files. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, wow. That's how far back you guys <laughs> yeah. are. That's cool. But yeah, there's so many, there's there's writer, writers who wrote for the X-Files who went on to do other like amazing things. Yep, yep. And there's actors who were like jobbing actors who show up in an X-Files episode and then go on to become stars. And yeah. it's mm -hmm. a lot like uh, like Law and Order in that way. Yeah. Like, you know, they get, they yeah. get that one thing and you get that role because the casting director watched that one episode of X-Files like, oh, there was the, he played the bad guy in that episode of X-Files mm. from like six months ago. Let's get him. Yeah. And then his career takes off. And yeah. he's like, yeah. Well, there's mini prestige television to do it to a degree. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So during FBI hearings into the bombing, which apparently killed the agent and four others, Mulder and Scully are chastised for not following procedure. God damn it. You're a rogue agent. You're off the book. You're a maverick. Yeah. Uh, that evening, Mulder is accosted by a paranoid doctor, Alvin Kurtzweil, who explains that the other victims were already dead and that the bombing was staged to cover up how they died. Which I think Mulder already suggests at yes, one point. Yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
Sneaking into the hospital morgue, Scully is able to examine one of the victims, finding evidence of a strange virus. Is this the gooey guy? This the, is the, the gooey the guy. The jelly guy. Like, oh my god. His insides have been jellified. Yeah. <laughs> okay, X-Files, here we go. I think it means jello, which like, is basically the first him. episode of Fringe as well. Yes, <laughs> it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. In Texas, the cigarette-smoking man meets with Dr. Braunschweig. <clears throat> The, doctors sh- uh, the doctor shows him one of the lost firefighters who has an alien organism gestating inside his body. Oh, it's alien as well. Cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he orders Braunschweig to administer a vaccine to it, but to burn the body if it fails. Later, the alien organism unexpectedly hatches and kills Braunschweig. Which is quite gory. Like, it really like, cuts yeah. him up with its Yeah, laser. yeah. I think this film is a... Is it a- he, no, no, PG no, no, wouldn't it's have like existed 12 or 15, yeah, 15, 15 or yeah. so, yeah. But the point is that X-Files on TV was the same. It, yeah. Mm. It was surprisingly dark. It mm. was famously it, quite gory and quite yeah. like... That's why yeah, Home had to be like... Boundary and stuff. ...was never shown for repeats because it was like, this is too dark. Yeah. 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 But it's also a lot of... It's all shot in shadow and there's quite a lot of shaky mm-hmm. cam. It's, not really, a, yeah. it's really well shot yeah, to not kind in of a, mask that kind of stuff. Not in a born slash taken kind of way. No, no, But But yeah. Mulder and Scully travel to the crime scene in Texas where they find the site has been hastily turned into a new playground and encounter the boys whose friend fell into the hole. Following their direction, the pair are led to a large cornfield surrounded by two... uh, a large cornfield surrounding two glowing domes. Inside the domes, grates in the floor open and swarms of bees fly out. Bees! I I watched uh, and and listened to... uh, I mentioned a bit of a podcasty thing and a YouTube thing talking about the behind the scenes of this Mm. and why this scene is so good. Yeah. I was like, okay, I mean, it's, it's fine. They actually had bees. Yes. That yeah. they, like 30,000 bees. That they're real bees. That real David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson. And they just had guys with buckets of bees yeah. <laughs> off camera going, bees! fuck you, David. <laughs> fuck you, Gillian. And literally just throwing buckets of bees at them. Yeah. I'm like, well, they're not real, but obviously that's all just like 90s CG. No, just a real bunch of bees. Yep. Trust me, 90 CGI wasn't that fucking good. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I thought that. I was like, that's really impressive. How the fuck are they doing that? Oh, it's just buckets of bees. Uh, The agents flee, chased by black helicopters, but manage to escape. We didn't touch on black helicopter So many helicopters. So good, so good. Yeah, apparently that bit, not them in the bees, which you would think would be the worst <laughs> thing to shoot. But no, it was then when they run out of the through the cornfield was Gillian Anderson's least favorite bit to film because David Duchovny's quite tall and she was running behind him, and so every t- like he would push yeah. through the cornfield and then she would just get smacked in, in the, the face, face by leaves. Whap, no. whap, whap. Yep. After returning to Washington D.C., Scully attends another hearing, after which she is transferred. That sound, I made that sound like it was some science fiction thing that happens to her. No, she's a just transference. Yeah. A transference. No, she's just transferred to another assignment. As like punishment, basically, yeah. Yeah. Saddened at the idea of being separated, Mulder and Scully share a tender moment and are about <gasps> to kiss. <gasps> when Scully's stung by a bee. Oh, fucking bee cock-blocking fuck. Yep, which had lodged itself under her shirt collar. Apparently, that is a real bee, and they had to use like pheromones to get it to walk exactly where they yeah, wanted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, she falls unconscious, and Mulder calls paramedics, but the driver of the ambient ambulance shoots Mulder and whisks Scully away. I was so impressed with that scene. Mm-hmm. I did not see the ambulance thing coming at all. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" They obviously they're going to go to a hospital. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a whole like more people going to discover the virus, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Wait, wait, what?" And then the guy shoots. I obviously didn't think Mulder was dead. No, no, no. But I know the, there's another movie and three yeah. more seasons after this. But it moves the thing forward. And that's that's the height and, of the X-Files at its power when in TV. And, and well. the shot. So with the, the brilliant piece of... Uh, this, this is what I was thinking of. 
It was uh, Chris Stuckman, a YouTube film critic, yes, who reviewed this for one of his Halloween specials a couple of years ago. Um, he was the one talking about the bucket of bees and stuff and showed a clip of it and, stuff <laughs> and talked about how well framed that shot is of Mulder after he's been shot in the head. Mm. I'm spending a lot of time talking about the shots and construction of this stuff. None of that shit applies in the second movie, so be prepared for that. Yeah. Just, um, I, wanna, I basically want to emphasize how much I enjoyed this despite being a completely, you know, mm. X-Files virgin. To I, the whole yeah, I find fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you, you see the, the ambulance drive off and you can see the real ambulance approaching in the distance and it becomes more in focus as the longer mother uh, stays. I was like, mm-hmm. that's a fucking brilliant shot choice. Mm-hmm. You literally see the ambulances like cross paths and they don't obviously don't think anything of it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really cool and really clever. You're really paying attention. There's those little attention to detail yeah. bits. They're just like, yeah, I appreciate that. That's mm-hmm. good. Mulder, not severely injured, slips out of a hospital with the help of the lone gunman and FBI assistant director Walter Skinner. Get some Cameos from fan favourites in there for the t- yeah, from the yeah, TV love show. Love the lone gunman. Everyone does. <laughs> uh, he meets a former adversary, the well manicured man, who gives him Scully's location along with a vaccine against the virus that has infected her. The only vaccine in the world, or some yeah. nonsense. Yeah, which we, we now know most people. Well, some people wouldn't fucking take if they yeah. were <laughs> lives depend on it. That's very true. As Mulder leaves, the well manicured man is killed in a car bomb. His betrayal of the syndicate, which is the shadowy. Organization shadow government for, thing. Yeah. yeah it's the bunch of dudes who are working with the aliens but not trying to go, there's a whole thing mm, yeah yeah also the the uh, so the the um alvin kurtz file martin lando uh, yeah who, who who has been giving Mulder information as well has been like killed off by this point yes but yeah. he goes into a whole thing about fema um oh yeah which is yeah. funny it, like <laughs> it's the secret government yeah they have control of everything which is like. funny because i remember play, playing deus ex and that's got a whole stuff about yeah. like fema the shadow government and, yeah, and then yeah, we yeah. and then hurricane katrina happened and everyone was like oh no fema's just incompetent <laughs> <laughs> uh Mulder finds scully underground in antarctica doesn't really touch on how he gets to antarctica nope, no or how he does it so quickly there's but, you a know. lot of and we'll touch on this in the second uh film as well there's a lot of snow in these films. There is a lot of snow. Both films, again, spoiler alert for the synopsis of the second one mm. coming up in a moment. Yeah. They both open with people digging in the snow for no reason. Yeah. There's I, lots I, of I snow. A, I'm like, I have a reason for that. Is it because ice is a popular episode? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's almost always because where would the aliens be that we are in the ice? Yeah. They're under the ice. Yeah. Also, it sounds cheap, it's always yeah. it. cheap to shoot in Canada. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the X-Files yeah. was in the, very famously almost all shot in Canada. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, Molly finds Scully underground in Antarctica in an alien structure containing many aliens in ice-like enclosures. He falls through like fifteen <laughs> stories of ice it's at a one bit, point. It's a bit like the the, the scene in uh, Hot Rod, yeah. uh, uh, where he falls through the forest for about three minutes straight. It felt like that. I thought he fell through a layer of ice. And they're doing that weird thing where they sh- repeated the shot for like <laughs> slow motion dramatic effect. Like, yeah. Boom, Jackie big Chan explosion. Thing. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Big thing. Repeat it. Repeat it again. Repeat yeah. it again. Impact. Slow motion. I was like, boop, wow. Boop, and, boop. and then he looks up and I'm like, oh, they were individual layers of ice. I thought mm. that was just, what? He fell <laughs> through like 10 layers of snow. And then, oh God, like the claustrophobia of those little tunnels and stuff. Like, mm. As a large man myself who was <laughs> done like cave diving and stuff, I'm like, I don't fit in those tunnels. <laughs> Good job. David yep. Duchovny isn't a fat bloke. Like, <laughs> Scully would be dead. Yeah, yep. yeah. Scully's dead. Mulder. Yeah. We found the corpse of a fat Mulder. <laughs> just stuck in the ice somewhere. Uh, he breaks Scully's confinement. Doesn't take any... Unfortunately, forgot to bring a camera with him. 
did doesn't take any photos of this grand alien structure, so. which is weirdly similar to the thing from 2011, right? Yes, just like it's a big spaceship in the ground in the ice and stuff. You know? Yeah, well, that's weird. It's a sort of slightly common trope, I think, in sci-fi. Yeah, as well. it is. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, he breaks Scully's confinement and uses the vaccine to revive her, but this disrupts the facility and cocooned aliens begin trying to escape. Yeah, like backfires or something? Like, it like It's explain. like he You're gives like, her the vaccine <laughs> while she's still plugged into the thing. Yeah, so that sucks it all Again, out. a very sci-fi trip, especially a 90s one of like, press the button. Oh no, it's doing the, the autopilot back home. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's all gonna, we've got it now, we've got to get out. It's, it's 10 about minutes. to self-destruct or yeah. Yeah, like you said, yeah. pilot back to the home planet or whatever it is. Like, yeah. yeah. But the uh, home planet is Earth, Matthew. <gasps> The agents escape to the surface as a huge alien vessel emerges from beneath the ice and travels into the sky. Mulder watches it disappear into the distance as Scully regains consciousness, and she sort of says, I see it, but kind of doesn't. She didn't see shit. Yeah. She does not look at it. No. no. I see it. I'm it's when you your partner's really tired direction. and you want to watch the film with you. They're like, yeah, I'm watching, I'm watching. Yeah, I'm watching yeah. the it's film. Like, no, you're not. Tell me what just happened. I don't care. I'm watching the film. I'm yeah. watching the film. <laughs> I thought it, at this moment in the film, as it like the, it's this like grand orchestral swell as the spaceship flies over them and leaves them there, you know, on the ice, and they're like, you know, it's this emotional climax of like Mulder finally like the oh, like concrete proof or whatever. Vindication! You know, I really wanted it to like fade to black and then just have a caption that says like Agents Mulder and Scully died of exposure. Because yes. <laughs> yes. she, she says like, oh, cold. I'm so cold. Yeah. And all this kind of stuff like. Yeah, she's like a hypothermia. She's about to die, probably. Yeah. Even if you freed her now. <laughs> yeah. And you're in the middle of the Antarctic. And climbed like 15 stories through a ladder and then up through the holes. You yeah. like, <laughs> what? How do you, how did you escape? And then they're on to the, and we're like, well, we're in Antarctica now. We'll be fine, I guess. Like, no, people die in Antarctica. Yeah. You're not supposed to live there. It's <laughs> a desolate wasteland for Pe- a fucking people reason. People die in just the snow. Let yeah. Alone yes. Antarctica. Yeah. yeah, people die in snow in England. I mean, let alone Antarctica. He probably just uses tauntaun, cut it open, put the sky <laughs> inside. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a. I'm not making they a joke. Some giant alien penguins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, they don't die of exposure. No. Shame. They live. Sometime later, Scully attends a hearing where her testimony is disregarded and the evidence covered up. She hands over the only remaining proof of their ordeal, the bee that stung her. The bee. Noting that the FBI is not currently capable of investigating this evidence because the at, I presume at the end of the f- season five, the X-Files has been shut down. Yes. yes they get shut they down. don't really yeah. touch on that, but they then discuss it. They discuss it towards the end. It's, it's like mentioned at the beginning. And I mean, yeah. again, there's a few times of the X-Files is being shut down. Yeah. yeah. You've been reassigned. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Cliffhanger. Then... It's usually Skinner saying, I'm reopening the X-Files. Yeah. Like, yes! 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 Reopen the X-Files, Skinner, you fucking <laughs> yeah. beast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mitch Out- Pilecki's number one fan, man. Stocked. <laughs> He's great. Outside, Mulder reads an article uh, covering up the virus in Texas. Scully informs Mulder that she is willing to continue working with him. At another crop outpost in Tunisia, the cigarette-smoking man warns Conrad Strughold, who's in, like another member of the conspiracy we've seen earlier in the film, that Mulder remains a threat as he explains what Mulder has found out about the virus. He then hands him a telegram revealing that the X-Files unit has been reopened. reopened. There it is. Just yeah. in time for a new season of television. Yeah. And again, I cannot stress enough how this wasn't literally six seasons in a movie. 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 A movie. A, movie. a, was, film. a film. Um, It wasn't just this thing of like, that's the end of the story. Ooh, like, like, like a lot of Star Trek tended to be. It was the idea of 
also a bit like Star Trek with DS9 going on at the same time, I think, maybe. But it was the idea that it was a big blockbuster interruption. Then you go straight back into the show. And so that's why we get the really tricky thing we're about to cover with the sequel, in that it's not a sequel, really, at all. Well, they are both essentially just giant episodes of the X-Files. Correct. It's just one is a mythology-heavy episode, yes. and the other is a Monster Piece of the of Week episode. Yes. At, and, and I will come back to this shortly after. No, fuck, come to, come to it now. Do it now, Matthew. Do it now! Get in there. Basically, season five, fucking biggest thing on TV, film... Mm. hugely successful for what it was. I mean, yes, of course, it could have made more money. It could have been mm. a wider audience, but it was, you know, a very niche property doing something very bold and unique. Mm. And for that, it was a success. Great. Then the TV series starts up again. Brilliant. Go straight into it. It was on the understanding that everyone who was watching the show would definitely watch the film mm. because you want to stay current with the show. Right. Mm. Made sense. But also standalone enough that people who have no idea what Mulder and Scott, they know what the, the references, they know what the things are. Mm. They'd watch this and go, I'm enjoying they know, this weird They know shit. the general premise because it's the biggest TV show in the world Precisely. at that point. If Game of Thrones suddenly stopped at season six and had a Game of Thrones movie, then went back to season seven. Mm. It seems so surreal to think of now. Also Disney Plus. But yeah, yeah. at the same time, X-Files went back, as I said, great series six, magnificent sort of content. Series seven dwindles. Eight and nine, thing finishes, done. 2001, people don't care about the X-Files anymore. 2008. Now, we mentioned that the direction here, Rob Bowman directed uh, the first film. Mm. I think he did a very good job with what it was. Agreed. I think the writing was decent because it made this thing that appeased both uh, sorry fans and new audiences. It could have been obviously significantly better. It's not a perfect experience. It's just a solid bit of entertainment, I think. Mm. Now, Chris... I think, I think you can... One mm. of my main problems that I had with it yes. is how much scully is taken out of it in the final act where yep. like she's yes. just she just becomes a thing to rescue basically yep. that, annoyed, yeah. that annoyed me as well and knowing what again pop culturally what i know about scully who basically defined like the strong independent intelligent female character of the 90s mm. and inspired so many other mm. creators and actors and you know, female characters from then on to well, become... Well, she's a, a better Clarice Starling. In that yeah. she's a doctor, she's an agent, she's sexy, and I guess the job done. That kind of... I know mm, it's, exactly, you know what I'm yeah. saying. That's the yeah. 90s pitch of it, rather mm. than, you know, how it's... Yeah, But absolutely. that's the point, yeah. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, there were still huge things, and then the sexual tension, the shipping still hung through, and everyone's like, oh, what's happening here? Etc. Because, yeah. you know, it's, audiences dictate how they want these things. Yeah. There's also the, the moonlighting problem, which is as mm. soon as you have the couple actually hook up... Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody, nobody cares anymore because right. you've which resolved they, the tension. They did, from what I understand. And by series six, you resolved the, the specific syndicate alien part of the mm. story about the colonization stuff. So then the show is like, ah, we'll just do this. And there's some still great episodes and still some good content. It could have gone somewhere very well, but we were all done. So 2008 rolls around and it's like, what are you doing here? And I, I cannot stress this enough. 2008 specifically, you're doing another standalone again. It's going to be like, mm. well, how are you going to bring this in? It's like, no. The X-Files ended in 2001 and mm. it ended in a very weird open-ended yeah. way. Mm. And there is so much continuity shit you couldn't keep up with now mm. for people. There is so much you'd have to establish because X-Files has been gone from the public mm. eye for so long. And more importantly, there's so many loose ends about, I think, possibly two children that Mulder and Scully have mm. at that point. And it's like, wait, what? So to try and make that relevant to a new audience. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that in a second because yeah. there are moments in this where they're just like, oh, we haven't seen each other in like 10 years and they climb into bed mm-hmm. together. I'm like, wait, what mm-hmm. the fuck is this? Yep. Has he been in his basement the whole time off in this cabin mm-hmm. thing with a, Grown a shit beard. fucking terrible fake beard? <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. But I-, I wanted to touch on Rob Bowman before we move on to the Please. synopsis real quick because I was like, Rob Bowman, where do I know that name from? 
Fucking Electra is where I know. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Director of one of the worst superhero movies of all time. Yeah. Also, director of Reign of Fire, that nah. dragon movie nah. that nobody's. I won't hear any like. bad words about Reign of Fire. I don't like Reign of Fire. It's a great film. Show me the it's... fucking dragons. <laughs> yeah, you see it's him. Not a great. You are immense. Reign of Fire. Coming so from the guy who likes the Assassin's Creed movie. That's fair. Yeah. I I, I like I I think I I like Reign, Reign of, Fire. of Fire. Is like. It's functional. Oh, yeah, it's functional. Mm. It's mediocre. It's okay. Mm. Mm. I could say the same with Fight the Future, technically, but I like the content, so I elevate it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so yes, yeah. I get that. Bowman is a, is a, isn't coming back for, for multiple reasons. Mm. So, Tim, how does the second <laughs> film shape up? So, yes, 2008, the film that nobody was asking for. And then when they saw it, thought, no, I don't ever want to see that ever yeah. again. Because there's nothing that people want less than the thing that was popular like 10 years ago. Yeah. And yeah. Society had moved on. The Hobbit, the new Game of Thrones series. We're all done. Oh, yeah. God. So, X-Files, I want to believe. Bad title. Dana Scully is now working as a staff physician at a Catholic hospital. What the fuck is going Always on? Always threatening to go back to being a doctor. Yeah, she's so a doctor. Now she's sense. a doctor. FBI agent Mosley Drummy, bad name, uh, approaches Scully for help in finding uh, help in locating Fox Mulder, who has been hiding as a fugitive for several years. Mosley Drummy, played by Exhibit. X to the Z. Exhibit. X gonna give it to you. No, that's DMX. <laughs> uh, exhibit man is, who will I heard you like own. X-Files, so I'll put some more X-Files in your X-Files. Exactly. I heard you like X's, so any of the guys' name Whose name begins with X? I don't know. Uh, no, get shit for it. You I will. don't fucking care. Rain of Fire isn't... No, no. Um, <laughs> exhibit doesn't turn up doing, for lack of a better word, an Exhibit. He sure. turns up to act. Sure. I mean, yeah. No, no, no. He's, I, I mean, he's he's written as a, str he tries, a straight. He tries to act, and he writes it just as another FBI agent. And yeah. he's one of like, uh, he thinks ET kidnapped his sister, like mm. he's, you know, spooky mold kind of shit. And he plays it fine. If you if I hadn't have known that it, he was a famous rapper, <laughs> I would have just thought, oh, this guy's just a distinctly Generic average actor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Agreed. Which which raises the question, like, why, why the, the fuck, fuck have you put Exhibit? <laughs> I presume he was a big X-Files fan and just, like, heard they were doing a movie Maybe. and was like... Or his name begins with X. Or his name begins with X. Because there's, like, there are plenty of rappers and musicians that have gone on to become, like, Ice Cube has been in a bunch mm. of stuff. Sure. And, like, you know, loads of other, like, similar mm. people to Exhibit who are, like... The RZA. RZA is another yeah. perfect example. Like, it's they show up in a bunch of stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Mm. X to the Z is not one of those people. Like... He's and not it, an Ice Cube who has a history of this stuff, and you don't go like, "Oh, Ice Cube's in mm. another film." Oh, he's oh yeah, he's famous for doing uh, yeah. like what is it, Law and Order or whatever he mm. was in for years and years or whatever that kind of stuff. It's like Exhibit is not one of those guys that has a history of acting, as far as I know. So like, mm. this is a conscious choice to cast Exhibit. <laughs> was he the best audition on the day? Like, what happened here? Where and Exhibit was choice. the was the choice. It's also not a role that like. Because a lot basically when, matters at all. Like. Well, when you get musicians in, a lot of the time it's like, oh, this person's got a lot of like natural charisma, so we're gonna like channel that, <laughs> which is what you know. You, he's you, a fucking FBI agent. Just, yeah, that's the thing. Oh, he's yeah, like just, he, uh, he, he's playing a character who's like quite dour and has, has a stick up his ass. Like, yeah. you, it's not in any way like channeling the idea of like, oh, this guy's a performer. We're gonna get him to do this big charismatic performance. Like, no, they. It, it's such a weird, weird choice. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> Drummy tells her that the FBI will call off its manhunt for Mulder if he helps investigate a missing FBI agent called Monica Bannon. Scully agrees and convinces a reluctant Mulder to help. I, I'm going to say something right now. Terrible beard. Fucking terrible beard. Yeah. For the first 20 minutes of this film, it's arguably fine. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. the opening erratic editing is fucking terrible. But, um, yes. but it's all this yeah. vision shit, and it's like he's running through yeah. the highs. Here, here, mm. here. Oh, it's at hand. But for the first time, like, you know, bring Scully and Mulder back and things, mm. and you got the agents taking them into the office. Yeah, it, it feels fine. It's shot fine. But most importantly, it feels that way if you've forgotten how the X-Files ended. <laughs> mm. If you know anything about the X-Files, it's like, this doesn't make... The only thing that's working is the chemistry between Decaphony and mm. Anderson. I'm like, yes, mm. they're on form. Anyway, sorry, sorry, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the duo is taken to Washington, D.C., where ASAC Dakota, Whit- Dakota Whitney explains why they've been brought in. The FBI have been given information on Agent Bannon's abduction by Father Joseph Chrisman, a former priest who claims that God is sending him visions of the crime. Father Joe, who is also a convicted paedophile, has already led the agents to a severed arm that appears to be from one of Bannon's abductors. All right, let's let's stop there again. Because <laughs> we got to unpack a another, lot of uh, shit. Another casting note. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, oh, we, so... So we need this, like... I don't know, he's kind of weird, but kind of charismatic, but like, he's gonna, you know, Mulder's going to kind of believe in him and stuff, but we don't want to be like too, he's still a paedophile, he can't be too charismatic. Um, I just forget like, I don't know, Billy Connolly, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> no, Scottish stand-up comedian, Billy Connolly. stand-up comedian to be, they be mental, we'll find somebody else. Oh, you've already cast Bill Connolly? Oh, fucking hell, okay. So yeah, Billy Connolly's in this yeah. fucking movie as a Psychic paedophile. My my Fucking only hell. my only theory on this casting is that they is they that like, like Billy Connolly. is that Chris Carter sat down. He was like, I have a very specific like idea of what I want this person to be. Drew yeah, Billy Connolly's haircut, and then and they were like, <laughs> find me this man. So I don't want to spend any money on head head like haircuts or anything. Yeah, no like wigs. That. Just Fi- be- I'm yeah. spending all on beards. Yeah, find it for the- yeah. Our beard budget has already been spent on David Duchovny, so just find me someone with this exact haircut. Yeah, and then we- weird uh, enough talking of Billy Connolly's haircut. I know I mentioned my dad quite a few times on this show. I was like, oh, the there guy we go with this fucking the guy that's gotten me into films all this kind of stuff. This look for Billy Connolly is basically my dad. My dad has <laughs> long white hair, a bit of a white beard. And like, just I should have cast your dad. That would have been amazing. He wasn't great <laughs> at that point, I don't think. But actually, yeah, he probably would have been. Yeah. yeah. So less of a weird casting if it's Tony Chambers and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Connolly. And the thing is, Col- much like Exhibit, Connolly does fine in the role. Yeah, his yeah. performance is actually all right. fine, it's pretty decent. But I never don't see Billy Connolly though. Yeah. Just get a fucking yeah. character. A banjo right. playing classic working class Scottish bloke. Yeah. Sw- Foul mouthed. Yeah, it's shit. nothing like his comic persona. No. So again, it's like, really? This was the best guy for the job for this yeah. role? And to be fair, stand-ups have done that before. We've seen... like dark places to get things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, um, is it a 24-hour photo with Robin Williams? Like, you get that, Oh, yeah, yeah. You get that moment where, like, oh, Robin, well, yeah, it's the fucking play the genie and stuff. And like, yeah. Oh, he's really scary. And he's terrifying, yeah. And, and you take Eddie Izzard, and they were in Hannibal and had this amazing run of this yeah. really creepy serial killer run and stuff. And Eddie was fantastic in that. You think like, mm. is that Eddie fucking Izzard? Yeah. What the hell are, what are they doing in Hannibal? Exactly. Why would you cast Eddie? Oh, oh he's, oh, yeah, yeah, this is a really good performance. Exactly. Wow, yeah, yeah, okay. I, I, I think it comes down to, obviously not typecasting somebody, first of all, but more importantly, and this is the thing I'm going to focus on, second, the X-Files has been gone at this point for seven years. Mm. You have a really interesting opening, arguably, and the story you want to tell is about one missing agent mm. who the only person they can track is... A paedophile priest. Now, I will say that this very much, oddly enough, does actually call into a lot of X-Files stuff. 
because obviously there's the psychic nature, which means it's paranormal mm. things. There's Scully's Catholicism, so it's lots of like the mm. I want to believe triggers. I know it's mm. a terrible title, but it actually does tie in with the show because of the I want to believe poster. It's it's mm. such a huge mantra of this of the series. Yeah, yeah. But more importantly, the characters want to believe things. Uh, the priest wants to believe he can be redeemed. I guess Mulder wants to believe that you know the, the paranormal can exist. And his sister may may not may not actually be dead. Even though he thinks he's, she's dead now, he's like he's resigned himself to it. Scully wants to believe that she can make an impact on these things. There's so much being worked into it. The problem is at the centre centre of all this stuff. I have to talk about a paedophile priest. Mm, and it's yeah. not doubt with fucking Philip Seymour Hoffman and, yeah. and Meryl Streep having an amazing performance. I'm like, oh my god, this is a fucking, this is cinema. Mm. It's schlock and i'm like mm. don't want yeah this. it's also so there's a lot of films where like and, and especially with sequels where executives will be like we've got to up the stakes we've got to up the stakes you don't always have to up the stakes <laughs> but mm-hmm. the stakes in this are so small relatively yeah. to to go yeah, to go agent. especially when you're when you're like jack and i and you're just watching the films yep. you go from giant alien conspiracy to introduce a virus into our ecosystem that's going to gestate aliens in people that and are going to colonize the entire planet. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Yep. and then you go to like two missing women, yeah. which is not like you can. That's an episode of Law and Order. Yeah. It's criminal minds. We're not invalidating yeah, can... the fact that, the... and as Scully says, that could have been us, Mulder, when we were agents, yeah. young agents. Yeah. But it's like, no, but this isn't the field of this research. Yeah. If anything, I'm not even sure this is still a federal case. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you can do a perfectly good movie about this plot, but, like, when you have the history of the X Files, it feels so small. Yep. It, it, weirdly enough, and I don't, it's going to sound like I mean this as a compliment. I don't because I actually love this show. It's almost like an episode of the Fargo TV series. No, you're right. I really, really like the Fargo TV series. Maybe because it's the snow and it's like, you know, like (laughs) obviously tying back into the Fargo TV series. uh, Sorry, tying into the Fargo movie. Yes. And then going through to the TV show and stuff like that. Like this setting, missing police officer, young woman, all this kind of stuff. Like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. The big drama in the small stakes. Yeah. If you took out the paranormal bollocks, there's no reason for this pedophile priest. If he was like, you have to, the police have to work with this pedophile to find this woman because he knows he might have been a witness or something. It might have been a witness or something like that. Conflict of, yeah. That could be a really interesting 45 minutes of TV, Mm. not an hour and 45 minutes of a thing where he's also psychic. And spoiler alert, he's kind of redeemed at the end, maybe. And they're like, is this the story you want to tell? Do you really, is that the thing you want to do with the pedophile guy? To be like, "Mm." one of the episodes I recommended, I mentioned, Mm. Tim mentioned earlier, with Brad Durant. Chock full of pedophile. It's about Scully having a crisis of faith with a psychic on mm. death row. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, again, it's that entire sort of mm. arguable concept, but whittled down. And rather than redemption, it's like, nope, it just be. It, the X Files usually ends on a question mark. Yeah. Mm. That's anyway. kind of the point, right? Yeah. That's, it's how it maintains the, yeah. the balance between Mulder being a believer and Scully, Scully being, being a skeptic. Yeah, yeah. skeptic, but also a, a, also faith, a person so of faith. Mm. It's, yeah, so it's yeah. a true. Yeah that, yeah, that that thing. But I want one last point because I know we're getting digression here. So the X Files very notable theme tune. Do, 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 do. Mm. I didn't do it at all there, but you know no, what I mean. Wrong note. I'm tired. So the point is that very iconic theme tune, undistorted, only appears twice. Oh my god! Twice fuck this. god! I'd forgotten about this yeah. moment. Yeah, it's it's the most turn to the camera, almost need drop moment. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Um, like somebody had left in a, 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 a. Imagine like you when when they upgraded Final Cut to Final Cut Ten, and there were so many problems with it, it was being a bit more like iMovie, and then suddenly you'd move a um. And, and the sound wouldn't move with it. Mm. So you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, it was a bit of a nightmare to work with. This was a good 10 years ago. But the point is... Still happens in podcast editing. It still does this day. So you, what you have is like, okay, we'll have the, uh, the the opening titles and then the very iconic theme, great. And then middle of the movie for some random reason. Oh, shit. 
oh shit, that sound is out of whack. Mm. It's like, no, no it's no, meant to be there. No, 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 no. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and it's what? when they go into uh, the FBI headquarters and Mulder comes in and they see the picture of George... Um, George W. w. Bush. Bush. Not H.W.W. Bush, yeah. Yeah. There is a reason for that, by the way. I'm not going to go into it. No. Because the film doesn't. So why the no. fuck would it mean anything? It's so weird. And it's also, it's it comes out in 2008, so he's about to leave office. Yep. Like, it's not even feels like a, like, interesting satirical point everybody hated george bush at that point yeah it's because it ties into the whole he, he he's actually played by someone in series nine i want to say right he features in the show there's okay. a big thing i hate yeah, kind already. of in I shadow already it's yeah. fucking fucking season anyway nine. i do just one final point before oh, we get sorry. back to the synopsis i do want to put go to because we talked about his yes. casting billy Connolly's weird film career oh um, yeah oh, there we because, go because like i take back my anyway. it is it is the thing of like Wow, there's all some weird choices. <laughs> He's in Indecent Proposal huh? as the MC at the auction. Yep. Like, there's stuff that makes sense. He's in Muppet Treasure Island as Be- Billy Bones. He's know. good in that. He does Mrs. Brown, which was a big dramatic role. Him He's and Judy Dench. Yeah. He's very good. Queen Victoria yeah. and Scottish Man. Yeah. <laughs> He's in He's in The Boondock Saints. He is. And he's also yeah. in the Boondock Saints 2 All Saints Day. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, like him. There's some I weird like him in The Last Samurai. Things. He's really good in He's in The Last Samurai. Samurai. Yeah, he's yeah. in uh, same year, he's in Timeline, which was a bad John Crichton Timeline. time travel We're film. We're going to do another Jurassic Park. Oh, no, we fucked it. Yeah. <laughs> that was the story of John Crichton's career. Yeah. Do another Jurassic Park. Wow, well, you fucked it. <laughs> it. It. Seems like he's trying to do this like mix of like stuff that plays to his like comedy stuff. Like he does like um, the series of unfortunate events film uh, uh, right. around yeah. that point. Yeah. He do- he's a in Garfield, a tale of two kitties. Um, British person. Yeah. But also trying to like do this weird expanse out into like drama because presumably like it feels he like act, it, he's good it feels like it's off the back of like mrs brown like that he's like oh no i want to be a legit actor weird. as well as doing this weird. other stuff yeah. and it ends up with him doing stuff like x files i want to believe bizarre I anyway that's that's an old peter seraphino which joke i want to say oh god now i think about it i think he was playing kevin spacey at the time oh wait a second like masterclass like what's the hardest thing for an actor to do and said play a pedophile um no. oh no he's playing al pacino at that point hmm. so no the hardest thing to do is to cry. He goes, oh, yeah, 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 of course, of course. <laughs> cry on command. It's like, no, he's playing a paedophile. <laughs> How does an actor play a paedophile and come up with it as being anyway, you know, respectable, give some sort of humanity things? And again, the script is dog shit, but Connolly does a really interesting yep. turn, yeah. is it? Yep. Yeah. Let's get to it. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yes, they found they found an arm, Father Joe's a psychic. <laughs> <laughs> the end. The end. <laughs> Scully is sceptical of the priest and returns to the hospital, but Mulder witnesses Father Joe weep blood at the sight of Bannon's abduction. Mm. Mulder and Scully reunite, spending the night together, just randomly. Out of absolute fucking nowhere. To me, yeah. it was not seen anything know, of these two for the and last it, decade. Scratchy beard. And yeah. it does it like a fucking sitcom reveal. It, it, it really it's, does. It's one step up from fucking Monica coming out from under the covers in the Friends episode it where really she and Chandler is. sleep together. It yes. pans back. And oh, David Duchovny's there. And she yeah, it's like a shot of like beard. Scully from the side in yeah. bed, like you know her there, and then he just and like he looms like, up <laughs> behind her with his <laughs> terrible fake beard. Oh fucking hell! Anyway, bear in mind we go from like oh maybe kiss in the yeah. first movie to like I'm in your bed now, like, and and <laughs> what the fuck from maybe kiss to then at the start of this film where they're like haven't Have, seen haven't each seen other each in, other for yeah a yeah. decade or whatever it is. Hop in the sack. Weird, weird, and the, and it's not like there's been. Sorry to harp on at this point. <laughs> like the 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 scene when they reunite doesn't feel full of sexual tension. No, 
that's the thing. Yeah. That's why I was so confused. I thought, oh, they probably had a big falling out in the show or in between. Yeah, they 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 feel like they've had a falling out. Yeah, and they yeah. I, 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 I will say this much. Stuff. The, the, the final episode of the X-Files, the final scene of the TV series, the thing that happens before this oh, uh, yeah. is both of them sitting on a hotel bed. I'm not saying that. I've mm. been a conversation. You know? Yeah. I'm not saying why. Banging each other's brains. No, it's then. not sexual. It's, <laughs> it's more just a comforting thing. It's all just very, it's mm. there. And it's all like, oh, what's going to happen next? And nobody liked it. But the point is, <laughs> they were technically, kind of at that point, together yeah. in a capacity. Mm. And it's like, What's uh what's happened in yeah, the meantime? Yeah. Like, the film doesn't tell you. No, no, no. Uh, so they spend the night together, and Scully mentions that the arm contained traces of animal tranquilizer and an anti-radiation drug, which we now know will be just the cure for coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, later, medicine. a second woman is run off the road by a truck and abducted. During a nighttime search in a snow-covered field, Father Joe leads the FBI to a frozen burial ground of people and body parts. Frosted glass. <gasps> ice, ice. Oh shit! Oh my god! Oh my god. She's it's alive. Another... Yeah. Well, kind of. Yeah. While Mulder, Drummy, and Whitney are working to analyze the remains, Father Joe has another vision of the second abducted woman. At the hospital, Scully is treating a terminally ill young boy and decides to pursue a radical and painful stem cell therapy in a last-ditch attempt to save him. But his parents express doubts. We're gonna let the Lord carry out our wishes, and our son <laughs> will die. Okay. Weird. <laughs> and then it leaves it like Scully's like, but I can save him. And or, or, or like, I, you know, I feel it feels like we're giving up. And the mother's like, you saying there's a chance we can save my son? And then it just cuts. And it's like, <laughs> so you don't uh, hang on. So are they going did on it, with it? Or they, did, are they, are they she, not? And so she recommends uh, it's stem cell treatment. Ladies yeah. And gentlemen. She Googles yes, stem cell yes. treatment. Oh, my like, God. You're a fucking doctor. <laughs> Go and read. But talk to your colleagues. Well, no, she goes up to like, colleagues earlier in that video call. Fucking fire up JSTOR and get some medical journals <laughs> yeah. or something. Get actual provable fucking... I'm just going to Google it and be like, is stem cell research real? And be like, yep. I mean, at least stem cell therapy it. real? Yep. Yeah. Cool. I recommend it for this boy. Yeah. The parents probably can't afford it. Fuck it. Uh, Scully visits Father Joe and argues with him about faith, during which he has a seizure. All good acting in that scene. I like that scene. Yeah, mm, yeah, a, I agree. Discussion of faith and stuff is interesting. Mm. That Again, that's peak X-Files yeah. shit right there. Yeah. Mm. Evidence leads the FBI to Janka Dakashin, an organ transporter, and his husband, Franz Tomzekshin. Hashtag representation. They're gay Polish guys? Yeah. Polish? yeah. Eastern European. Eastern, generic Eastern European. Yes. yes. They're, they're Polish surnames from what yeah. I understand. Uh, who was among the youths that Father Joe sexually abused. Again, interesting. Mm. That, okay, we're mm. tying into the, mm. the redemption of the history of him coming to terms mm. with, you know, the, yeah. the, his past sins. Are, mm. It could be interesting. It could be real interesting. Mm. Sets oh. up so much. Yeah. The FBI raid the organ donor facility where Dakashin works, but he slips out. Mulder and Whitney chase him to a construction site, but Dakashin kills Whitney in a fucking terrible oh, sequence. God. Yep. Like, it is 2008. There is no excuse for CGI this bad when she, he, he pushes her down an elevator shaft, yep. basically, yep. and it looks fucking atrocious. Yep. It's the classic, like, you take a JPEG of the person, you just move yeah. it down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's shrink it a bit yeah. and move just it down. Just shrink it as you move further away. Just... Yeah, it looks Fucking like something would someone would make on TikTok now. Does yeah, it does like it uh, So he escapes at the organ donor site. Drummy discovers Bannon's head. <gasps> Later, Scully reveals to Mulder that Father Joe has been diagnosed with terminal cancer. 
The pair visit Joe, who is recovering in Scully's hospital. Scully reveals to him his link to the kidnappers and asks him if he still thinks Bannon is alive. He tells her he does. Mm. Holding out nice hope try, Joe. holding out hope that the second abductee is still alive, Mulder tracks Dakashin via his purchase of the animal tranquilizer, but is run off the road by Dakashin in his truck. Meanwhile, Scully's research into stem cell treatments leads her to Russian experiments on dogs involving head, head transplants. transplants. Right. Because uh, you know, you know how stem cell work, and you know they're these cells that they, you know, they haven't yet, you know, not differentiated form, into, yeah. you know, what what they're going to mean. So that means you can put a head on another, another head that's, on a dog. That's fucking Alex Jones shit. Cause, yeah, yeah, because stem cells are quite a controversial thing for many reasons. The fact that, as you said, Tim, they're early development cells, which, by the way, means they come from like fetuses and stuff. Doing scientific stuff and mm. medical stuff on fetuses is incredibly controversial. Blah, 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 blah. Yes. They basically don't touch on any of that stuff. And again, there could there could be some interesting... With, like, Catholicism and stuff like that. Yeah. There's so many rich ground to there. But they're like, yeah. no, Russians pro, pro, are using it for head transplants. Life versus cho- pro-life, pro-choice discussions that could be happening there and all this kind of stuff. Tying into the parents yeah. and their pro-life, pro-choice discussion mm-hmm. about their terminally ill son. Joe is terminally ill and they could have that discussion as well. None of this interesting shit happens. Russian dogs having head transplants. You're like, I know this is X-Files, but what the fuck is this? Head transplants. This isn't even the worst head transplanty bit. There's more later on, and it's stupid. (laughs) There's good X-Files episodes where you're like, this is fucking some of the best television I've ever seen. And there's terrible X-Files episodes, which is, oh my God, it's cats. (laughs) Russian (laughs) head transplant. There are just, I think there's a, yeah, season 11 joke, which is uh, someone who's been supplanted the whole time. And uh, it's like, oh, I swear, if this is cats, I'm going to be angry. (laughs) And it's like, yeah. Anyway, I'll get to it. Ah, Mulder survives his crash and tracks Dakashin to a building where a Russian medical team has been keeping Tomzekshin alive. His husband, alive, yep. Uh, Not Mulder's husband. (laughs) That would Uh, be way more interesting. Yeah. Uh, They've been keeping him alive, transplanting his head onto new bodies and sustaining it with stolen organs. (sighs) So the the FBI agent, Bannon, her body is still alive, technically, because it's it's just got a different person's head on it. So maybe... Oh. Maybe Billy Connolly wasn't wrong. That's what I said. First 20 minutes, it's getting there. You think, ooh, and yeah. then, uh, fuck me. Mm-hmm. Mulder is attacked by a two-headed dog. Oh, God. But manages to... I, I didn't quite see... I don't know if he knocks it out or he kills it by, like, knocking one of the heads off of it or something. I, I <laughs> wanted him to do the Resident Evil kick. Spin kick, yeah. Spin kick yes. thing. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> but no. Nine Inch Nails cups and yeah. cuts and he just knows what to do. Yeah. Just Mulder's, Mulder's suddenly in a red dress. <laughs> yes. I mean, we'd all be okay with that, I think, at this yeah. point. Uh, Scully, worried about Mulder's safety, contacts Skinner for help. Got to have Skinner show up. Yay, Pelagi's back. Yeah. Uh, and the pair finds his abandoned car. Mulder attempts to stop the medical tree. Mulder attempts to stop the medical team from transplanting Tom Zexin's head onto the second abductee's body, but is sedated by one of the doctors and dragged outside by Dakashin. They could have killed Mulder like four different times yes. by this point. Kill him in the car. Yep. Just dump him in the field and blow his fucking head off. Yep. yep. Curb stomp him in a field, whatever you need to do. Yep. Yep. And then again, like, I will drug him. I guess we'll just use his body for another head transplant thing. Yeah. Like, I've he's got a to... fucking FBI agent. You know who he is at this point. Kill I've, the motherfucker. I've got to take him out here and I've got to carefully, but not actually carefully, because I'm using an axe to do it, chop his head <laughs> off. Yeah. You think again, there'd be a fucking medical equipment, right? You can kind of get away with that in a 90s television episode that doesn't yeah. really matter people are going to skip over anyway, but not in a film. Yeah. yeah. 
Scully manages to find Mulder thanks to a Bible passage mentioned earlier by Father Joe. Fuck me. And saves Mulder before Dakashin can kill him, while Skinner stops the medical team from decapitating the abducted woman. Later, Scully visits Mulder to tell him Father Joe has died. Mulder reveals that Father Joe is being called an accomplice by the subsequent investigation and notes that he died at the exact same time that Scully disconnected Tom Zexin's severed head oh, from life support, what? which we don't get to see, because why would you want to see a cool uh, head that's still alive <laughs> plugged into some... Oh, wait, we can't afford that. We only had that one shot of it where it kind of, like, it's fluttered its eyes. So we don't get to see that, but apparently it happened. The pair discuss the meaning of Father Joe's advice to Scully to don't give up and whether they can have a life together. They kiss, and Scully departs to continue treatments on the ill boy. So I've decided what we're going to do with your son. We're going to take his head off and transplant it onto <laughs> Billy Connolly's body. <laughs> um, Fuck it's you know. we're gonna leave It's a bit of a radical thought. treatment, but I believe <laughs> it's in controversial it. treatment. It's like, mm, I, I want, want to, to believe, believe it will work. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then in a post-credit scene, oh, the worst. Mulder and Scully head across the sea toward a tropical island in a rowboat, and they give a little wave to the camera yeah, above them. The fourth wall. I, oh, I hate it hate so it. much. I hate it so much. The ending, as soon as you get Russian head transplants for dogs, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> and then the fucking, and he died at the same time. Like, you can fuck off. Yeah. Are you implying he's psychically linked to the head of the dude? Or he has had his head transplanted. None of that shit is explained. <laughs> it's just, oh, he just, it's fucking um, Padme lost the will to live. And it's <laughs> yeah. just, she died condition? of a broken heart Fuck for off. no reason. Because they say that like Tom's ex skin had lung cancer as well. But I don't know which body they're referring <laughs> to when they mentioned that he had lung cancer. His original one, I guess. Yeah. And so like, is, is that he like, psychically linked through paedophilia to this guy's <laughs> body? Like, no, seriously. No, yeah. I know. Like, I mean, what I know, is the I know. connection here? That's the point. It sounds like I'm taking the piss. No, there, no, but no. Like, but the thing what is, is, what is yeah. happening? And the problem is, the worst. The more we try and apply logic to this, the more it unravels, which is not the case. Because in the arguable, you know, the way X Files is presented, it should be that you go, yeah, but oh, what if? And it's like, no, no, no. There's nothing here. There's no what ifs. None of it makes any no. fucking sense. I don't envy you, Tim, having to do the synopses. Also, don't envy me trying to explain this shit to Emma. <laughs> and being like, right, so Billy Connolly died because another guy had his head transplant severed from a woman's body. She's psychic like, nonsense! Like, what? I thought, like, yeah. I didn't know there was psychic stuff in X Files <laughs> movies, but apparently there's psychic stuff in X Files movies. And they're psychic linked to a head transplant. She's like, a head transplant's real. I'm like, no, well, no. Not properly. But with the help of stem cells, they could be. Yeah, you're a nurse. You tell me. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh God, it was just. And it does just... worry me that Emma was was worrying. Uh, I'm taking the piss. That, she didn't. No, that. that's her cover. She goes. Yeah, are they real? I've done. Yeah. We're not doing them all the time. What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. Stem cells? What are they yeah. even? Heads? I've, I've never put an extra head on a dog. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mention dogs. No. <laughs> sure you did. Exactly. Like, yeah. What? Yeah. But yeah, trying to explain any of this shit, and I'm just like. So it starts off as a there's an arm in the snow. She's like, cool, okay, fine. Exhibits there. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> there are so many like, what? Why is that happening? What the fuck is that? Moments that you just stop and go, is that is that happening? Is that a thing? Why is that? And it it feels again not having watched any well apart from three episodes of X Files, three and a half, but having seen episodes of Buffy and episodes of Fringe and 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 television of that kind, genre yeah. television of the the nineties and two thousands. 
it does feel it feels like a big episode of one of those, but a bad like a bad episode where you're like, oh, this could go somewhere. Oh wow, they that took a twist I was not expecting. And the X Files has lots of those. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I would imagine. Yeah, I can imagine there's a lot where you're like, mm, that was a bit disappointing. I didn't like the casting in this. That's weird. Oh, but it is that person I recognize from that thing. But why is he doing this? That's an odd choice for him to do. And it, in many ways, it's like it's kind of the perfect example because it's like it feels very X Files, but all the bad things about yeah, the X Files. Yeah. And who directed this motherfucker? Christopher Carter. In his directorial debut, I believe, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. The showrunner himself. Yep. What could possibly go wrong with the showrunner directing the movie, right, guys? Yep. Yeah. Get the guy who did Electro back. Oh, no, wait. That's not that <laughs> No. He'd probably done a better fucking job. Yes. Like, the guy who directed Electro would have done a better job. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, sorry, you're Chris trouble. Carter. You have failed. <laughs> you have failed, sir. Yeah, because as, as much as I talked about, like, oh, you know, it's the dawn of that he was the first kind of showrunner, so to speak. It was also, it was like back in an era where, like, because the showrunner wasn't as elevated as it is in culture now, like, I, it wouldn't surprise me that he has no experience of directing, like, doesn't know his way around that kind of stuff. Like, maybe he always wanted to do it. Maybe he always had the... It almost feels like the weird moment in Mortal Kombat Annihilation where I was reading the thing and I was like, Wait a minute. Who's John R. Leonetti? Who the fuck is that? Leonetti? Like, who the fuck is that guy? So he was the, wait, he was the director of photography on the first movie. Yes. <laughs> and they just, I oh, know we talked about this obviously in a yeah. massive fucking episode, but they just shifted everyone up a level. Yes. So the DP became the director and the assistant director of photography became the new director of photography. And all like the <laughs> runners and like yeah. T boys and stuff became just actual people in the movie and stuff. <laughs> yeah. like, Wait, what? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, a showrunner guy. We'll just get him to direct the movie, right? Like, I mean, maybe. I would say, uh, Chris Carter did direct ten episodes of the X Files. Okay. How, right. the, well, he directed but, also some previous, episodes, but more importantly, between two thousand and one, where he's done it with, let's face it, a television crew, mm. and he's, you know, you got your team and your unit. I who assume are, it's a different crew for this, right? And that's the thing. And then seven do, years pass, yeah. and he's now working on the thing that's coming from fresh, yeah. and it's a doing different experience. a film and working in TV. Very is different, an entirely different experience. Mm. Yes, granted, and we've used plenty of examples of people, you know, showrunners and directors and stuff. Lindelof and Abrams and all these people who have gone off and made films and TV shows. Well, Abrams hasn't really made a TV show that worked or a film that worked <laughs> in like 15 years. That's neither here nor there. But people can transition between those things. If you have those transferable skills, you can do both. It is possible. People have done it. Because Carter is not one of those people. No. <laughs> Apparently he directed some, uh, by your estimate, some good episodes? some A decent episode or a bunch of uh, swapping I don't remember the specific ones. Fair I enough. Do, but I would assume... Doesn't matter. Eh. Yeah, probably. Did he do anything between... I don't think he did. Right, yes. I think, I think he wrote a lot uh, of stuff, but didn't right. direct anything. Between, between the him. TV show and the, the film, you mean, right? Yeah. right. He yeah. wrote, I believe he wrote tons of things between them, probably. But in terms of direction, no, I don't think so. So it's not only someone who's going into a field they're loosely familiar with, but as a film, someone who's, you know, a, a novice to, and more importantly, rusty as fuck from what he does remember. Yeah. And with a, a crew that's most likely, you know, like 50% new people. For hire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of weight and pressure to make things work. And as always with the X-Files, give us the answers. But this can't because it isn't asking any questions that anyone wants to be answered. And it's not addressing anything from the past at all. So whoever has to fix this is fucked. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, wait. It's you, man. Shit. 
Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the US Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send it. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup and drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping with Stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool. You can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option for you. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk, and with the promo code POD, you'll get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in POD. That's Stamps.com, promo code POD, as in P-O-D, Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Well, let's talk about some Rotten Tomatoes, shall we? Tim, you already mentioned the highest rated episodes mm. of X-Files on IMDb and stuff like that. I'm going to keep it simple. Let's not get carried away here. All 11 seasons of... No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Just the two movies. Let's play it safe. The 1998 The X-Files. Leave it. Colon fight the future. Damn it. <laughs> um, and of course, 2008's X-Files I Want to Believe. Uh, Tim, I'll come to you first. What do you think? The 1998 feature length, two hours and one minute X-Files movie. I think it was, as we have discussed many times, it arrived at the peak X-Files, or maybe not peak, but close to peak. And I think retroactive reviews would probably be pretty kind on it as well. Because, you know, Jack and I have watched it with little context at a remove, and we're both like, it's fine. It's good. It's, it's pretty good. Enough. It's, got, it's got good moments. There's some bits that are a bit dodgy. I'm going to say, because there's definitely going to be some film critics who went to see it and were like, I haven't watched this X-Files thing and I don't like it. It doesn't do enough to get me on board. But I reckon it's going to be 74%. 74 from Tim. Matthew, what do you reckon? I think I disagree. I think... I think critics specifically, I think you're right. I think, mm. I think retroactively, they'll be like more kind and, and saying, actually, this wasn't too bad at all. It was a unique event in, in film and TV history. But I think at the time, they'll be exactly as you said, Tim. I don't care about the television encroaching on films and it doesn't do enough. And I don't understand all the references. And who are these characters? Where are these arcs going? It doesn't, it's all so open ended. Just sits up front of a TV series. And there'll be other critics saying, we were expecting this one to get about Scully and Mulder have sexual relations and all the answers come out now. But it just had more what ifs and endings. We've got a bit of things, but not. It's like, yeah, that's the whole point. You've perfectly summarized two of the reviews I'm looking at. Oh, right fantastic. Now. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that's exactly what I expected. So I assume it's going to be lower than it probably should be 55. 50. No, 56. 56 <laughs> from Matthew Stockton. Leaping forward a decade, Mr. Tim, what do you reckon? Lower. Mm. Spoiler because... alert. <laughs> it's lower. <laughs> because people don't care about the X-Files anymore. A lot of critics will be like, who is this for? It's not good. Agreed. Yeah, it it wastes any potential it has when it starts going into, here's a two-headed dog territory. <laughs> Tonally, it's weird. I'm going to say, like... 
Quite a drop. You've halved your... Pretty much, pretty much, yeah, not quite, but pretty much. I mean, I, I, I can't see it being above, like, 15%. <laughs> I can't. The only thing I think you can give it positive comments for is that the chemistry between Anderson and Duchovny is like, yeah, this is why I like the show. In that the... But then they're just in bed together for oh, no, 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 reason. Oh, no, 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 no. But weird. the fact, yeah, but it reminds the nostalgia of this thing. Mm-hmm. And Connolly does a good job of acting, even yeah, though it's terrible. Cause... That's not enough to say it's a good film. Give it a positive review. Yeah. I think because it, it does have those moments, like we said, you know, the discussion between uh, Scully and, and um, Father Joe. Like, yeah. they, they, it does yeah. have interesting moments, but then it just fucking goes down the drain. Yes. So, again, I can see there being positive aspects to this, but not enough to make people go, yeah, this is pretty, yeah, five, three out of five. Like, are you fucking crazy? So, it, it, fuck it, 12. It has to be 12. 12. 12. And to clarify, you mentioned three out of five there, Matt. This is, of course, Rotten Tomatoes, which is the yes. percentage of positive reviews, not an aggregated score out of 100%. This is the percentage of a 3 out of 5, 6 out of 10, 60%, whatever you want to call it, how many of those reviews gave it that score or higher, basically. Uh, I'll give you some excerpts from some of the reviews here. Weirdly enough, mm. one of the ones for the 1998 movie I thought was accidentally for the 2008 movie. It might be. <laughs> I want to believe the latest X-Files film was created for a reason other than financial reward, but I find it difficult to guess at what that reason might have been. That's clearly a review That's for the second movie, right? The, yeah, but the latest X-Files film? It, it is a review of the second movie attributed to the first movie. Rotten Tomatoes, on man. Ro- on rotten, <laughs> bloody tomatoes. And I'm corrupt. definitely right. I'm definitely right. I'm definitely right. I got around the right way. Corrupt from the top down. Well, yeah. Ignoring rotten. the errors of Rotten Tomatoes, as we have discovered, the wrong film was being attributed to the wrong scores and stuff. Here we are again. Yeah. According to Rotten Tomatoes, we have a clean sweep, gentlemen. Oh, wow. Yes. Tim, it better be me. It's Tim. What <laughs> yes. the fuck? If you tell me that fucking I want to believe is higher than like Blade 2 or some shit. <laughs> it, it's not. Oh, thank God. fuck for that. Uh, the first one is 67%. So you were closer with 74. Okay, okay. I can... Mm-hmm. That, yeah, I about. See. It's in between you two, but Tim Yeah, no, Tim I see closer. that. I see that. Um, and Tim is a lot closer with the second one. Still lower than you guessed, Tim. It's oh. 32%. No. Very close. Very close. Too high. That's but. so many positive reviews. People saying, like, <laughs> it's a good thing. Are there any excerpts saying why they think it's good? Uh, yes. Let me find one. So that is of 168 reviews for I Want to Believe from 2008 and only 72 reviews for the 1998 movie. So Damn. more wiggle room, essentially, mm. in the in the more modern thing, as is often the case. Yeah. You yeah. get more things coming through, blah, blah, blah. Uh, audience scores, before we go into some critic stuff, uh, 32% also the audience score for I Want to Believe. What the fuck? I know. And 72% slightly higher for X-Files from 1998. Let's mm, have mm, a look. Mm. See if I can find a positive review. Huh, yeah, they're all three out of five. <laughs> but the top one is one of the major criticisms leveled at the X-Files I want to believe is that it's like an episode of the television series and a mediocre episode of that. I have to say that is true. Three out of five. It's not mediocre episode. It's a bad episode. <laughs> Having not seen a single episode of The X-Files before, uh, this does work as a mostly standalone film. If only it weren't such a slog before getting to the bonkers climax. <laughs> Three out of five. Dogs. That ha- that's, that's at least a two out of five yeah, review. Like yeah. five. It's all gripping big screen TV. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. The movie... Uh, what? The mo- what? The mo- <laughs> the, I'm going to read this verbatim. The movie A Big Fat Episode, essentially with a noticeably constrained budget, is a satisfying thriller with romantic and religious angst substituting for explosions and chase scenes. All one sentence. Made no sense. 
You these are don't people get to who review are, things. These are people who are paid to write. God damn it. <laughs> is it a stirring final hurrah for the show wrapping up all its dangling plot threads? No. Is it an excellent evocation of what the show was with a depth of soul and character most thrillers still don't bother with? Also no. Also no. They said yes. <laughs> I, I, dis I disagree. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. And I'll, I'll leave it at that before we delve down into the, the quagmire. Uh, uh, quagmire. Uh, of uh, uh. terrible reviews of X-Files movies. And uh, we'll get onto your pitch, shall we, Matthew? I said to Jack... This is one of the hardest ones. This has been... Rock hard, if you will. One of the absolute most difficult things for me to fix for sequelizers. And on top of that, it is arguably... I mean, previously I've said, oh, you know, what sequels should never exist. This should not exist. Mm-hmm. And I don't we've, just we've mean, said that quite a few times yeah, in this show. Not just that it's You're bad, not wrong. but that no sequel should exist. It's like why? Because it's like, well, the TV series didn't know what it was doing. If you were going to pick this up, you pick it up as a TV series, as they did with series ten and eleven, which both, by the way, if I'm pretty sure, ignore this film entirely. Well, nothing consequential happens. In no, this exactly. Film, yeah. So. Now it's problematic because of the way the series. I, 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 we missed out a big important part here because the film doesn't talk about it. I think, or at least it maybe references it. William Scully the Third. Yeah, but both Jack and Tim looked up and said, "What son, right? They have a child yeah. called William Scully the Third, who turns out to actually be the son of the cigarette smoking man and Scully." Yeah, it's a lot of shit. Yeah, and this is where we this... and and from what I understand, he yeah he turns out to be a genetic experiment by the syndicate. On Scully and like implanted into yeah. her in this whole thing. Season eight. Yeah, and he's yeah. he's a big part of the finale. Yes. And spoiler alert for the final episode of X Files, I guess he dies but doesn't die. But also manages to like sort of kill the cigarette smoking man. But Scully, but Mulder kills him or something. But he's not dead. And he's not dead. And he yeah, they yeah. fall into a river and he swims away. But they think he's been shot in the head or something. And I'm like, yeah. what is that? So I have happening? been given what the fuck the task of. Arguably, uh -oh. from a 2021 perspective, mm -hmm. I have access to technically 11 seasons of, mm. of the X Files. Yes, seasons so, one to nine and ten in 2016 and eleven in 2018. Yeah, this is an interesting one. So, what the fuck do I do? I mean, going back to my saw pitch, which was kind of loosely inspired by your Star Trek thing of like, put it in the middle. You're in the middle of a thing. So, I guess my question before we start is. Are you keeping it within the canon, or is it like so? Is the thing fuck the rest of it, and okay, we don't even know if you're setting it. Then, to be fair, that that's possible, but like, it's got to be in the middle of something. So I guess that's the problem. <laughs> what do you do hey. next, Matthew? What's the plan? What, what, well, what's the going so, on? You can't do it at the end of series eleven because you get to coronavirus years and things and I, I know we've done it before i've pitched things that happen outside the you know what the fuck ever it doesn't that's your future pitches are now in the past i think yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Mm. Whole, yeah, yeah. after the pandemic so we'll, we'll release this in like uh no, like november Christmas 2021 you're like, yeah oh yeah after the pandemic but we'll, still we'll, get a cinematic release we'll, yeah we, we have cinematic releases now yeah. at least but that's very problematic in its own right because it means i've taken into account so many things now as was the problem with the x-files the first time around and the i want to believe thing who the fuck is this for, etc., etc., etc.? I had to, for lack of a better word, I said to, I said to Jack, I said to Jack in the kitchen downstairs, I think I have to break the X Files to do this. <laughs> so I did. It must be broken so it can be fixed. Yeah, 
And it was because I was like, do I do a thing where I come back at the end of series six and basically sum up seven, eight and nine into a thing that works as a film? I was like, no, because there's too much plot stuff. It's it's too much. Mm. Do I come back at the end of series nine? I don't know if I can because there's so much open plot stuff and it picks up in the worst place. And I have to then start by finishing the stuff the the series left open-ended and then tell another story and make it satisfying mm. and tell new audience members about this fucking child. There's <laughs> too much. It's it's ridiculous. And, you know, with the idea that is this going to launch into a new series next month? There's so much I have to do with it. And the truth is it shouldn't and doesn't exist. So I just did a thing. Let's talk about it. My film is called... I had a placeholder film title and I changed it last minute. My film is called The X-Files... The truth will set you free. Oh, okay. I'm releasing it. That is not what you have written in it front of me here, Matthew. Really? Really? Yeah. Might need to update the Google Doc. I know. I've, I've got your. I've got your old title. Yeah, the old one I didn't like at all. But, but seeing is believing. Yeah. Because yeah. again, I was going with things that have been in the title sequences before. Because sometimes it says the truth is out there. They replace it with other things sometimes. Mm. I thought, so yeah, but yeah, it's fine. Not good enough. It mm. didn't work for the. Blah. Mm. Point is, I like this one. I wanted to call it the truth, but you know what the problem that is. That's what the fucking finale is called. Yeah. Of course it is. Yep. So I'm releasing it September 2013. I love it when you get a specific. <laughs> yeah. You two have both done this. And yeah, yeah. A specific yeah. month and stuff. I'm doing this because it's the happen. 20th anniversary of the X-Files. Makes sense. So this mm-hmm. thing has been gone from television for 12 years. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh God, the X-Files was the biggest thing for a long time. It's like, yep, we're mm-hmm. going to do some 90s nostalgia stuff. Sort of. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Right. I'm My ready. director is Vince Gilligan. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about him like 15 times. Yep. You guys keep doing this to me as well. Uh, I'll be like, yep. oh yeah, we're talking about this guy. I'll be like, yeah. yeah <laughs> don't, bring don't, up don't know who that guy is. Don't have to explain him. This is yeah, great. It's just like, yeah, you remember he directed episodes of the X-Files? And Matt's just like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, my yes. children, yeah. He did. And he's some of the, he wrote some of the best stuff and he was the best part of the X-Files. <laughs> he oh, went, yes. went on to make Breaking Bad and yep. it's one of the best TV mm. shows ever made. Yep. And, what is his directing experience like? I, I mainly know him as a writer. Yeah, he, he did obviously like X-Files stuff and Breaking Bad stuff, but um, he goes on to direct. His first real film is El Camino, the Netflix. The Breaking, Breaking Bad, Bad right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And weirdly enough, that's going to be very close to why I picked him. He's like, he you know, did Breaking Bad, basically. A showroom director and all that sort of stuff. And then he created a sequel film that sort of worked and nobody really cared about, but people enjoyed who enjoyed I the really show. Like that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. thing, people enjoy it, but it didn't make the big f- it, splash it could have. It is not a watch the film to get into the TV show film. Nope. Oh it, no, by no means. Finale of that thing. Yeah. It, it, yeah. In many ways, it's like here's another episode of Breaking Bad, except it's three times as long. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. K- kind of like my thing here. Ah. Now Vince Gilligan, as I say. He is obviously a, a very much a writer and author and other bits and pieces and worked on huge things. But in terms of his actual direction and things, um, mostly I think it's been TV stuff. I'm just to... Yeah, he's not directed any other films. Now, I, can see. I, I already have a slight problem. Oh, go ahead. Because Breaking Bad ends September 2013. Correct. Yes. So he would be still very busy at that point doing Breaking Bad. Correct. But I think he can do it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a problem. Yes, there is. But no. No, there, there have been instances in the past where people do it. It's a hard juggle. I'm not going to lie. Mm. But I think at the end of it, as much as it is his baby and everything else, like that, and he was doing this thing, he could easily do this film on the side 
in my opinion. I know it's, I know it's, it's hard to sell, but I mean, in, in, if you think about like... Um, There's one man who can do it. Ridley Scott, like a motherfucker doing like five films in a year or something stupid For like that. Sure. It's entirely doable. Especially because one's a TV series and one's a film. They have different requirements. I think it's, I think it's doable entirely. Because the fucking skepticism. I don't fucking know. I'm yeah. not a director. I have no idea. No, I mean, if you think about, okay, let's let's take uh, Steven Spielberg for example. I know it's a different thing, but Schindler's List, Jurassic Park, same year. Yes, it, it happens all the time. He was famously now, editing one on the set of the other. Yes, and that kind of thing. it's yeah. an ask. It's a big ask. Mm. But again, Breaking Bad's final season is what ten episodes? Six, six episodes. Mm. And if this is a, obviously a feature film, I think it's a juggle that could be made relatively well I, again it, it's, it's you're right it is, is an ask yeah but... for the record El Camino doesn't happen for another like five no, years god after no god that's mm. a big yeah hiatus yeah, this until is then, the yeah. end of the TV show yeah yeah. I could for argument's sake I mean cause part of this is set in 2013 mm. and then release it in 2014 but I don't want to I want to release it in 2013 and I think because of the nature of the uh, the, the, the anniversary of everything I think there'd be time to make it work basically okay but again I'm, I'm open to suggestions for alternatives certainly uh, I just think there's a nice symmetry to it all. I think he'd be available. I think he'd want to do it, basically, for the wacky bullshit of it, it all. It was eight episodes for the second half of the final season. So they, did, they split season five in two, so... Yeah. 16 in total across two sets of eight. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And the final, as you just said, Tim, 29th of September is the final episode of Breaking Bad. Yes. So, yeah. And I think that's the, it's going to be the classic, like, Jesus, that was great. If, what a great if ending. this is really good, Vince Gilligan is like incredible like, like, yeah. that's the best month of his life is like finishing off this Breaking Bad this is kind of what I'm well, you well, want to give Vince Gilligan that you, lovely moment the way you think about but also the, a heart attack yes the way you think, <laughs> yes that's good fair. point too good point because obviously the way you'd be filming it he'd be filming literally um, he'd realistically film this movie and then do... then go on to film the episodes of Breaking Bad and while he was filming those he'd be editing this yes and then go to editing Breaking Bad to come out at the same time yeah yes because TV the schedules are a lot shorter you're you're a lot closer to the the air date when you yeah, finish yeah. it, whereas a film you have more time. Presumably, this is going to have more special effects than Breaking Bad does. So not really. Mm. This bunch of blokes sat just, in a room talking to each other. Just going to be all about Mulder and Scully smuggling meth. <laughs> yes, ultimate crossover. You dare have Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul in this? I swear to God. <laughs> uh, sorry, it's actually the actual title was The X Files, bitch. Um, <laughs> Right, so let's crack on with this. Aliens, bitch! <laughs> so again, I, I'm going to not defend myself, but I'm going to reiterate, this is an impossible task. Mm-hmm. I have gone off the my... fucking You're on the wall. wrong show, sir, if you're not <laughs> going to defend you. I refuse. You, you don't have to justify yourself to us, Matt, but you do have to justify on the Discord when the episode comes uh, yeah. out. <laughs> I think, again, I, it sounds awful to say this. It's like, you are not my, my jury at this point. It's the X-Files fans. Yes. And I have an explanation for them, which is, the fuck would you have done? Okay, right. <laughs> so... You're off the hook because I've never seen an episode of the X-Files. Nope, because I still have to adhere to the fact that you guys are going to be, in theory, like, I've never seen some X-Files. I'll yeah. see an X-Files film. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Returning cast. Mulder, David Duchovny. <laughs> Scully, Gillian Anderson. Okay. Skinner, Mitch Pelagi. Mm-hmm. Or Pelagi. Sorted. Done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. Right. New cast. No lone gunman? Mm, maybe, maybe not. Hmm? We'll see. Cigarette because smoke, they die in the series. Man. Oh, Really? Yeah, <gasps> it's, it's, they die and they have their own spin-off series that didn't last. That again, which was co-created by Vince Gilligan. Gilligan. Yeah. yeah, this is what I mean about the whole like you know. Oh, like, again, fan mm-hmm. favorites on government. It's like no, because they're dead in the universe. And it's like oh, <laughs> fair, uh, enough. fair enough. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the problem with the law coming in. Like oh shit. Mm-hmm. But again, I had to break things. Daniel is played by Corey Stoll. Ah, love Corey Stoll. Yeah, everyone also knows he's fantastic. He's in the at this point around that he's in the Born Legacy. 
Yeah. Uh, goes on to be an Ant Man, oh, Black yeah. Mass, First Man. He's 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 just such a great fucking talent. Mm-hmm. Frank, played by Dan Stevens. Oh, I love you some Dan Stevens. Yeah, he's fairly unknown at this point. Goes on to be in The Guest, then Night at the Museum Two, and Beauty and the Beast. In terms of film, I'm saying television. He's in. I, I, this would be Downton Abbey time, wouldn't it? Downton Abbey time, like Abbey's. beginning, maybe. I think so. There about first yeah. couple of seasons, maybe. Yeah, he's he again. He's a not a name or a face. He's just a very talented person who's not being utilized in mm. certain things. Yeah, he's fantastic in Legion. He is very Legion, good in Legion. Legion, Legion yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Uh, the role of Christine is being played by Dakota Fanning. Oh, okay. She's in that sort of crossover period where she's done things like War of the Worlds, Coraline, Twilight, and she's doing more, arguably adult roles, but smaller bits and pieces, not just the kid actor that she was. Also got her big break in Taken, which was arguably Steven Spielberg being like, hey, X-Files is big. I, I did Close Encounters. I could do one of them. Taken? Taken? The, uh, yes, not not the Liam Neeson Taken. Yeah. Yeah, it was a sci-fi show that had one season in 2002. Never heard of it. Mm. Uh, it was produced by Steven Spielberg. Ah. Uh, and yeah, it had a, a young Dakota Fanning in it. There you go. Uh, yeah. As well as Matt Frewer and some other people. There, there you, you go. go. Fair I enough. Taken just means one thing to us now these days, unfortunately. Very particular set of skills. <laughs> uh, role of Freddy is played by Aaron Eckhart. Oh. Two-Face. Two-Face. Two-Face, <laughs> yeah. The Dark Knight, yeah. Olympus Has Fallen. Goes on to be I Frankenstein. Oh, <laughs> God, I, I will always associate him with Thank You for Smoking. Yes, which is damn a great right. film. Nick Naylor. Yeah, and uh, he's good in Sully as well. Uh, and I finally, just watched Sully. Yeah. I think it's all right. It's fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. It's not like he's brilliant. got a good mustache in it. There's some good mustache game going on that film. Yeah. And David, played by Fisher Stevens. Fisher Stevens is <laughs> no, no relative of Dan Stevens. No, the, the plague. Yes, exactly. So I haven't written on here, but so Short Circuit, Super Mario Brothers, as Tim has referenced, Hackers. Which Fuck yeah, Tim fucking loves. Tim fucking loves Hackers. Uh, he's in the Grand Budapest Hotel. Hail Caesar. He's currently big in Succession as well. But he's uh, yes, yeah. he's one of those guys you sort of recognise, and he's like this weird skeezy kind of dude. But um. Yeah, very distinctive looking individual. Yeah. yeah. So nothing outrageous. One of those, oh yeah, yeah. that we, I mean, we talked about in X-Files. Yes, and I think that, you know, Aaron Eckhart and Corey Stoll and Dakota Fanning are recognisable individuals in this film, but they're not huge, like, oh my God, Tom Cruise is in this fucking film. Sure, yeah, so it yeah. kind of fits. It, it works, I believe. And again, off the back of Breaking Bad, I would like to think Vince Gilligan says, I'm going to do an X-Files thing. Oh shit. And this is the difference between, say, for example, 2008. It's like the 20th anniversary of this thing. It's coming back. Gilligan's at the head of it. Chris Carter's died or something. It doesn't matter. It's it's it's, it's a it's an event piece. Hopefully, right. That's all I'm saying. We're gonna get into this. Shit's gonna get fucking weird. Are you ready? Two-headed Russian dogs. I'm ready. It's never that weird. Okay, good. Then we will probably be alright then. I don't know about that. Above the Earth's atmosphere, an alien craft careens into view, wildly out of control. I'm I'm doing a predator slash the thing. This is the predator slash yeah. thing. Which I openly yeah. hate those openings. Yeah, yeah. But I've done it here. The worst bits of both of those yeah. fantastic movies. I I've actively put it in here so people say To be fair, it makes a lot more sense in an X Files movie yes. than it does in the thing. Yeah. Or I, Predator. I, yeah. I could get called out on this, but I'm also like, nope, X Files, show me an alien ship. As it approaches our planet, the image warps, giving the impression of multiple ships before the craft plummets to Earth and crashes in the United States. Panning up from the crash site, the opening credits roll, and a familiar theme plays over the calm, starry night. Shimmy, shimmy, your shimmy. (laughs) (laughs) Sung by Exhibit. (laughs) That's that's how we get him in. It's a beautiful tribute. A title card reads six years later. Walking down a corridor at FBI headquarters in Langley, 
Agent Dana Scully knocks on the door of Assistant Director Walter Skinner. Not in a hospital. No. Thank Christ. The two converse about Scully's career, but she is displeased to learn that what she thought was a promotion to directorship is actually reassignment to a laughingstock department headed solely by Agent Fox Mulder. Oh, God. Interesting. Despite, mm. pr- despite protests, Scully is told she's to work with Mulder and ascertain if there is any validity to the department or it will be shut down. Heading into the basement, Scully meets Mulder for the first time, oh. typing on his notes on a, typing up his notes on a typewriter. So Tim's seen the pilot. He knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. I was Although about to say, does this happen in the show? That's pretty pretty much. Although right, it's, right, right. But it wasn't Skinner. It's not Skinner in the pilot episode. Right. Right, okay. So is this reused footage? Let's uh, continue. Oh, God. Oh, Matthew. Oh, no. <laughs> it's gone damn weird already. Oh, no. The two rib each other for their respective approaches of belief and skepticism. Mulder appreciates he won't be alone on his duties and explains they are needed on an active case in New Mexico that he believes is linked to the paranormal. En route to the mental institution, Mulder and Scully go over the case at hand. Teenage Chris Walsup went missing the previous year but reappeared six months ago. She claimed to have been abducted and locked in a pit with countless dead bodies. Using the remains of one of the previous victims, she was able to assault her attacker and escape. This is some sore shit right now. Mm-hmm. X-Files goes like this sometimes. Fair mm-hmm. enough. When the police investigated the site, they could find no evidence of a pit and due to her outbursts turning violent, she was sectioned. Mulder uses examples of similar missing case reports from the last six years as comparison, but Scully chalks this up to coincidence. Upon arrival, the agents interview the victim and come to differing conclusions. Scully believes she is suffering from acute stress and trauma, while Mulder believes the paranormal is at work, possibly of extraterrestrial origin. Classic Mulder. It is. So at this point, the audience watching will be like, I don't understand, I'm very confused. Mm-hmm. Is this like a reboot? What the fuck is this? Yeah. It's worse. <laughs> 1923. <laughs> yeah, get ready for this. Two suited gentlemen walk down the halls of an asylum discussing the case of the disappearance of Christine Walsop before being shown to a cell. Inside, we are shown the same teenager. This time she's tied to the bed. The agents introduce themselves as Mulder and Scully from Bureau of Investigation. <laughs> yes. The two men quite forcefully interrogate the young woman as she explains she was kidnapped, but Scully uses his mobile phone to play back uh, police testimonies which contradict her story and tells his partner they're wasting their time. Hey, on mobile phone in 1923? Tim! Yes. That is correct. Yeah. Okay. I thought the same thing, Tim, and I kept quiet because I'm... <laughs> Matt's just going to go, yep, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, no. Mulder is insistent, however, and demands to know what the attacker looked like. Eventually, a tearful Christine describes what she saw. Mulder takes this as confirmation of a Martian from outer space. Scully says she's a wackadoo loon. Nothing she says can be trusted. Exiting the asylum, the agents see a brief flash before a 21st century truck speeds past them and then disappears. The two officials stare back at the asylum and share a concerned look. What the actual fuck is going on, Matthew? That's X-Files for you. And that's X-Files, buddy! <laughs> back in the present, Mulder and Scully attempt to investigate Chris's family and friends, but there's very little evidence that she even exists. Mulder questions how she was reported missing if no one has any idea who she is. Frustrated and believing this entire case is remarkably trite, Scully confronts Mulder and the two get into a heated debate about their agendas. Mulder says it's not enough to simply know the truth, it must be exposed, and those that perpetrated the lie held responsible. Scully asks to what end, highlighting that even the History Channel regularly broadcasts legitimate documentaries about aliens building the pyramids. <laughs> Surely it can all be written off as plausible deniability. So by the present, 
Are we now in 2013? We're in 2013. Right, right, okay. Yeah. She adds that online disinformation calls everything into speculation. She, on- she need only post something to social media with the header, isn't it possible, and enough cranks will believe it. I'm pretty sure in 2013 she'd be talking about blogging. She'd be blogging the same way, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not that social media wasn't around then. It's just no, that... that's more for our purposes than yeah. yeah, you're right. That's fair. <laughs> Tumblr. <laughs> Mulder counters that there is still objective truth and objective reality, but Scully retorts that this isn't the 60s. The 2010s is a post-cover-up, post-conspiracy age. Even if you told people the truth, they probably wouldn't care in a simple case of confirmation bias. Mulder says that as a woman of science, He's shocked she doesn't want answers and makes a final dig by quoting Carl Sagan. If it can be destroyed by the truth, then it deserves to be destroyed by the truth. As Mulder walks back to the car, Scully whispers, asshole. As the car drives away, one of the new build houses on the street warps and shifts before being replaced by a 1950s streamlined modern apartment complex. Some fucking timey wimey bullshit's going on. Timey wimey wackadoo stuff. Fucking Doctor Who's about to stumble into this. (laughs) Oh my! Can you imagine? Hey Doctor Who! Oh my god! Matt's done an X Files Doctor Who crossover and just kept it on the town low. Mm. Fuck me! The thing is, Doctor at this point, Matt Smith, I think. Uh, Tenant, maybe that team might be still maybe still Mm, Tenant. I don't know. I don't know. know. Point is, at this point, I should point out Doctor Who fans as as wackadoo as this all sounds. Still not as crazy as some of the regular episodes of Exiles. But obviously, I'm telling you guys that because yeah, you haven't yeah, seen the yeah. fucking shit. Yep. Also, most importantly, The X Files has done everything. Yeah. Jersey Devil, vampires, werewolves, aliens. Have they fucking, done time travel stuff? They've done time travel. They go through the Bermuda okay. Triangle back to a boat and they've crossed everything with them both the different times, the different time splits. So there's all kinds of shit. There's literally, arguably, nothing new. <laughs> so yes, I was in a big period. But anyway, let's see what this. It's almost goes. like trying to make a like a, a Simpsons movie. Like, oh yeah, my god! Yeah, what a yeah. terrible idea that would be. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, over to you, Jack. In a motel room in 1923, Mulder and Scully are sat in silence, staring at one another. Palpable sexual, sexual tension. tension. Hello, I ask it? here. So yes, the 1923 Mulder and Scully are both men. This is correct. Wait, what? Yeah, you mentioned Stoll it in the beginning. And Dan Stevens. Oh, right. Okay, Wait, so that's what? the casting for them. When did that happen? You didn't call them Daniel and something something? Not yeah, I have no. How did you clock onto that then? Because uh, it says, 90, the, the, the first time we go back to 1923, it says two suited gentlemen walk down the halls of an asylum. Oh, I thought they were two different people mm. and also Mulder and Scully were there. I'm very confused. Okay. So there is currently events in Fucking 20... hell. Hello, listeners. There's currently events in 19... Uh, sorry, 2013 with the Mulder and Scully... Fox Mulder, Dana Scully, that we recognise, mm, played yeah. by a 2013 version of Gillian Anderson and David Duchovny. Yep. At the same time, and there is a And we also had Mulder the origin story from 1993 in there as well. Taking place in 2013. What? Yes. Presumably with them not de-aged, they're nope. just... Nope, it's just, they're just in 2013. Yep. That's why Skinner's doing the whole thing about that. Yep. Fucking hell, right, okay. Right. I have misunderstood this thoroughly. That's understandable. It is... <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if it is. <laughs> no, it's all over the shop. Now... The 1923 version is a Mulder and a Scully, played by Dan Stevens and Corey Stoll. Stoll right. Okay. Do we know who's who yet? Yeah. Um, I feel like we. I, I go over it, but later. But that's there. So that's basically, fine. if you get over to it, Corey later, Stoll that's fine. That's is Scully fine. and Dan Stevens being. If you think about like Legion, he, Dan Stevens is Mulder. Okay. Fair enough. He's Fair he's enough. the weird believer. That's right. Corey Stoll is 
the skeptic. I can see that. It's it's a it's a cell and it's a weird one <sighs> and it's hell. all over the shop and it's like, wait, what the fuck is this? And you will be very confused because the audience is very confused at this point. Okay, good. I'm very confirmed. I'm very confused. Good. Even more confused than your fucking goosebumps, bitch. Oh yeah, that was. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of that coming in here, I guess. Oh no. Pinhead's about to show up, <laughs> and there's a box, and I'm like, "Why is there a box now? What the fuck?" Is no, it's, it's more the, the world-bending shit. Is, is, oh, yeah. no. I wouldn't put it past like the hex files when it was like being shown on TV for them to throw the lament configuration in like Mulder's yeah. office, just in the background, or he's like fiddling <laughs> with it in thing, and then just tosses it aside. He, they, they reference so much weird shit. Yep. Yeah, okay. Anyway, as I was saying, in a motel room in 1923. Mulder and Scully, the blokes, yes. <laughs> are sat in silence staring at one another. Still, still palpable sexual tension. <laughs> Correct, I stand yes. by that statement. We learn that several objects have been appearing and disappearing, but that both men, there we go, we mm, need to read the yeah, next sentence, yeah, yeah. know their exact function. Okay. Sexual objects to one another. <laughs> Scully asks, like my pager? Or, like my pager? I don't know how, to, mm. how that line is Like my pager. Is, like is, my is pager. They're, they're carrying on the conversation. Uh, fair yeah. enough. Mulder nods, saying he doesn't understand how such technology can exist. But what's more disturbing is that he recognizes what it is and how it works. He asks Scully if he has a rational explanation for it, but his partner admits he's got nothing. And given the bizarre nature of what's happening, Mulder's initial assessment may actually be right. They finally conclude that the only way to solve this may be to head out to where Christine went missing in the first place. 2013, Mulder and Scully pull up and exit their car, trekking into the woods. Mulder says that this is the site where Chris said she was held captive. Scully says the police checked the area, but both acknowledge the police's investigation methods leave a lot to be desired. Catching sight of someone, the agents draw their weapons and pursue the figure deeper into the forest. Entering a clearing, the pair come across a mirage-like shimmer. Scully advises caution, but Mulder steps boldly forward, because he's a fucking idiot. And they don't have the rapport, because it's day two of knowing each other. The two of them pulled inward and uh, for a brief moment catch a glimpse of three other pairs of agents staring back at them. One of which being the gentleman from the asylum and another being the young Mulder and Scully we are familiar with from the TV series. Right, right, here we go. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. When you said three, I was like, wait a minute. Oh, okay. Yeah, Good. Yeah, yeah. In 1923, Frank and Daniel are pushed backward from the shimmering effect and the two discuss what the hell they just saw. The effect disappears and the agents are at odds. Scully tries to rationalise while Mulder insists that this is the proof he is after that the supernatural is real. They discuss folklore, and Mulder suggests that this phenomenon could in fact be the truth behind fairy tale disappearances of young girls. Armed with this knowledge, they head back into town. Falling through the shimmering rift and onto the ground, Mulder and Scully, we don't know which ones, are immediately accosted by... That's, that's our Mulder and Scully, that's okay. the, the Covenant. Anderson. The, the 2013 or 1993. Right, okay. Mulder and Scully are immediately accosted by armed men shouting at them with flashlights shining in their faces. The two agents identify themselves but are laughed at. Through a confusing discourse... <laughs> confusing, Jack! <laughs> that sums up my experience so far. We learn that the agents have been propelled back to 1953 and the two armed men are also FBI agents, Mulder and Scully. Yes. This is Aaron Eckhart and Fisher Stevens. Fuck off, <laughs> Matthew! <laughs> my God! <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Jesus Christ, right, okay. Scully, <laughs> Scully 53. Don't worry, I was only time I ever referred to as that. <laughs> I feel like you need you the whole time. Scully 53 immediately dismisses it as, as a ruse and says this couple must be responsible for the disappearance of the Walsop girl. But Mulder 53, mm-hmm. I felt like I'm reading like a date thing, like yeah. Mulder 53. <laughs> Mulder 53, Aston Villa 2. <laughs> Mulder 53. Scully nil. <laughs> 
But Mulder 53 draws attention to their clothes and badges and says that it is possible that Christine was in fact sucked into a dimension unlike their own, some parallel or distant future. Scully protests that no dame could be an agent. Of course he does. It's 1953. Mm -hmm. But as the group discuss the Warsop case, they are struck by similarities. The agents arrive in the 1953 version of the asylum and are brought to see Christine Walsop, sorry, Chrissy Walsop. Right. Okay. Who is clearly the same person but doesn't recognize the future Mulder and Scully. All four agents try to work out how Christine can exist in both eras as a separate individual. Both Mulders go off on theories about double gangers, clones, and time travel, much to the chagrin of the Scullies. It is then agreed that to avoid confusion, they will refer to each other by their first names Fox, Dana, Freddie, and David. There we go. F and D, F and D. Easy. Makes sense. Okay. The group then head back to the office and speak with the FBI researchers, Byers, Langley, and Frohickey, played by Bruce Harwood, Dean Haglund, and Tom Braidwood, respectively. That's the lone, lone gunman. Oh, yeah. no, you know, yeah. they're dead, but here they work in the 50s. Fox and Freddie discuss similar accounts of a supposed alien ship crashed in 1947 for the 53 timeline and 2007 for the 2013 timeline. So there's lots of things that sort of link up. Six years ago, sense. this thing happened. A Correct. Bit, yeah. Dana and David are very reluctantly drawn in, but instead detail quantum fluctuations with time flowing as a river separating into multiple streams when dammed up, but eventually reverting back to one body of water. Fox asks to see examples of cases that could be similar to the Warsop one, and the group learned of multiple instances dating back to 1947. David is willing to bet that in the 2013 timeline there would be the exact same connection, maybe even with versions of the exact same person. Back in 1923, 1923 Mulder and Scully are looking through old records and note a few similar examples going back to 1917. So they're making the same connection. But Scully points out, as each case involves teenage girls, it's entirely possible many cases were never brought forward and who knows how vast this effect could be. Mulder decides that the only way to draw out the entity responsible for this is to lay a trap. Scully is extremely uncomfortable with this, but is swayed when Mulder convinces him they could save countless lives if they are successful. The 50s Mulder and Scully try to strong-arm their future counterparts, explaining that this is their case and their timeline, so they'll take charge. Dana oddly agrees, stating that they aren't from this time period and have no idea what the ramifications of their presence could be, noting the appearance and disappearance of random anachronistic objects but Fox counters, saying it's entirely possible that neither of them are the true timeline, so have equal entitlement to the case. Mm. <laughs> oh my god. Cross-time jurisdictional yeah, bullshit. Yeah. Th this is... I, I mean, there's an episode in Series 11, for example, where at one point there's this like, validity of... It. Has there been a third agent with them the whole time? And Mulder's like, well, it's possible it could just be a parallel universe. And we remember these things as the Mandela effect, because mm. it's like, what the fuck? Mm. So, again, mm -hmm. you just sort of have to come along with the boys. This is the next <laughs> thing. A truce is formed as the researcher trio bring up a list of individuals who could be considered viable targets. Dana says it could be easy enough to track them in their time, but admits she has no idea how best to monitor all these individuals in the 1950s. David states they have plenty of facial recognition information on their database. Mulder and Scully shoot a look at one another. The other Mulder and Scully. Fully aware that this technology shouldn't exist yet, and something is gravely wrong. Yeah, I tend to refer to... Duchovny and Anderson's Mulder and Scully and the others with their first names. Okay. To make it a little easier. I mean, you only just started doing that just now. <laughs> <laughs> a telephone call rings out and the screen splits between the group in the 1950s and the agents in the 1920s as they simultaneously answer the phone. So obviously this is happening in this sort of... Yeah. yeah. We are treated to an entire sequence that cuts back and forth between the two time periods as the respective FBI agents are told that Walsop has disappeared, presumably having escaped from herself. The multiple Scullies offer rational and grounded explanations while the Mulders insist that it is proof of the paranormal. This is where the sort of like classic like Gilligan's 
sort of writing and directorial eye, I can yeah. imagine mm -hmm. it's a really interesting cut back and forth and mm -hmm. things being yeah. really cleverly done. In 1923, Frank and Daniel come to the conclusion that Christine would likely make her way back to the woods. Daniel initially protests, saying it's one. Daniel initially protests, saying it's one missing girl. But Frank says the truth is out there, and because of course he does. Yeah, and this is the key to solving the whole mystery. Meanwhile, in the 50s, the four agents conclude that the rift had that brought Mulder and Scully through is likely the cause for everything, and head out. Deep in the woods, the individuals from both time periods arrive at the spot that Christine or Chrissy or Chris, depending on what time period you're in, allegedly went missing. In both periods, we can see the shimmer of the effect appear, but it starts to shrink. In the distance behind them, the trees begin rustling as the same shimmering effect is rapidly closing in. In a moment of panic, the agents back away from the stampeding phenomenon and closer to the rift. It's a smoke monster, run away. Yeah. <laughs> the closer they get, the more their images seem to separate and warp in the same way as the ship in the opening scene, displaying alternate versions of the agents, different ages, ethnicities, genders, etc. Good good excuse for some cameos there, Matt. Mm -hmm. Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul just popping up there. <laughs> <laughs> the Bitch! <laughs> Before the approaching effect reaches them, they are sucked into the vortex. Mm. After, a few disorienting, after a few disorientating minutes, exploring a building that looks like it belongs in multiple time periods, all three Mulder and Scully's, 2013, 1953, and 1923, cross paths in a shadowy, shifting void. The 1923 variants are the most shocked by the encounter, but are brought up to speed by the others as the furniture, decor, and architecture around them erratically blinks in and out. Finally getting their bearings, Fox notices Christine standing to one side. He approaches her, and she introduces herself. We learn that an extraterrestrial life form aboard the alien vessel was initiating an emergency landing procedure. Part of that uncontrollable defense mechanism is to split time and reality to ascertain which environment would be safest while conducting repairs. Dana compares this to a reality-bending risk assessment, while Scully, from 23, talks about ships sent from Europe and, ex and explorers relaying which part of the new world would be best to settle in, free from threat or disease. Christine explains that the planet she has found herself on is incredibly hostile, agreed, and after a few years of but after a few years of trials, has managed to locate one reality where she could be safe for a time. One where aliens are indeed feared and hunted, but the threat of an aggressive colonization is successfully thwarted, meaning she can carry out her work in solitude. Referencing tons of obviously stuff happens in the show, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which doesn't make any sense at this point for anyone else, but for the audience it does. Mulder from 1923 asks what happened to the missing girls. The extraterrestrial explains that these were merely tests to see how society dealt with inexplicable phenomena. Six years of girls matching the same description go missing, have a specific memory implanted, and all evidence of their past is wiped to see who, if anyone, will come investigating. This was necessary to determine how information is controlled and spread in order to stay concealed. The being goes on to state that the 20s was a period of mass jubilation, but it was born of a world of war and rife with disease. The 40s and 50s were also struck by war with the added tension of growing paranoia and an increased fascination with what lies beyond the stars. Finally, the 2010s saw a dis distinct lack of privacy and monitoring and was the least viable option. Frank asks if none of the options were worked out, does that mean this defense mechanism failed? The creature counters by saying that landing in the late 80s into the 90s was a success. Mm -hmm. Dana asks what makes the 90s any better and discusses her own memories of that time. But the entity responds that these are merely alternate reflections of what could be. Fox inquires why the 90s versions aren't present and is told that as the experiment is drawing to a close, the realities of the unviable timelines are merging for deletion, hence the anachronistic ephemera. Mulder and Scully from 1993 aren't present 
because their version of events was given a simple solution. David asks what this will mean for them, but Christine apologizes and explains they are merely constructs of a test, fractured elements of something else entirely. The agents try to deal with the magnitude of this revelation, but Freddy asks if it could be so bad for these worlds to be wiped clean. Are our standards of existence better than our counterparts? And did we ever truly exist in the first place? We have to hope the truth is out there, but a better truth. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, <laughs> etc., etc. Slowly accepting their fate, the individuals make peace that a part of them will live on in a version of Mulder and Scully, giving them hope. Then, in a flash of light, the void and all its occupants are gone. As seen earlier in the movie, we see the 1993 versions of Mulder and Scully briefly looking at a portal that opened up with alternate versions of themselves staring back before they were propelled backwards. Now, this is going to be 2013, so we're going to have mostly makeup de-aging them a bit and haircuts and stuff. Yeah, they don't look massively older than they were. And I'd they've say, both aged well. Yeah, mm. I take a hint, a hint of de-aging tech, but not much because it wasn't really much of a thing back then. 2013 was having early versions of it. Yeah, you'd had um, X-Men The Last Stand, which had it in. Which was monstrous. Which was, which was bad, but, but it was you know, the, it but it's the same technology. This, this would be just after Tron Legacy with Creepy. Yes, which was also Creepy Plastic also terrible. Yeah. But it's uh, just before Winter Soldier, which gets it right. It's literally the year before Winter Soldier, yeah. I think, isn't so, it? Yeah. And the thing is, the weird thing is, the te de-aging technology we use now is the same as the Last Stand one. It's yeah. not the full CGI head replacement you see in Tron. It's mm. just... A little bit of augmentation make, make it a little bit better. And yeah. Stuff. yeah, and we're not asking for a huge demand. It's like, just look, like chop a little bit off yeah. them. So I, I you, think it's feasible for a couple of things. You have plenty of footage of 1993 Mulder yes. and Scully. My hope is there might be a footage we can use in places, and there's definitely other footage we're using that is, in fact, uh, leftover stock footage and stuff. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, they're propelled backwards. So they see, they, they see the shimmering effect from their side of things and propel straight backwards. Uh, this transitions via narration to... Division Chief Jameson, which is a cameo by John Goodman. Oh, good old John mm. Goodman. Is he in X-Files? Is this a... Nope. Oh, okay. He's one of the people who doesn't turn up in X-Files as far as I'm aware. <laughs> the only <laughs> man yeah. who doesn't. I could see him as being an authoritarian style, you know, mm. um, how can I praise this? Kind but creepy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like yeah. he could easily be an agent on their side or not, something. But he's, he's a division chief. Anyway, it's his office as a 2 debrief on what they saw and what it could mean. Scully feels it's entirely pos possible they were affected by a natural hallucinogen caused by spores from a tr rare breed of local fungi. And Mulder adds, however, that he believes it's more likely extraterrestrial interference led to it by a momentary broken mirror with alternate possibilities in time and space. He is obviously, as usually Mulder is, correct. But both agents acknowledge they, they returned and investigated over several days but cannot find evidence to truly back up either claim and until someone else goes missing, they'll have to simply put the case on hold. Which again, how most X-Files episodes kind of end. Yeah, they yeah. find out it's kind of true, don't know what to do with it and go, I guess we'll Mold have to come back right, to it. Mulder's right, but there's no way of proving it, so yeah, I guess we'll just Yeah, and Scully on. still kind of doesn't believe it. Mm. Yeah. Jameson dismisses the two and steps into an adjoining room. He asks a shadowy figure if he was listening and the man with his back to the camera simply nods. Jameson asks what it could mean... And with his face illuminated by a lit match, the cigarette-smoking man from archive footage of William B. Davis steps into view and says they'll just have to keep an eye on it. And cut to credits. This is my wackiest fix possibly. <laughs> it is. It is. It's maybe the most batshit mental I'm ready, though, yeah. pitch of everything. I think it's way more confusing written down than it would be in the cinema. Yes. Entirely. And I'm sorry, I, yeah. When I said, is this archive footage? Like, is I know, he using? I know. And you were like, maybe we'll find out, Jack. If I was watching it, I'd be like, 
Oh, they're yeah, I should they're have said, 40 sorry. whatever year old mm. Duchovny and Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that makes more sense. And then flashing back the two men in suits and they introduce themselves and we're like, oh, that makes sense. Reading it, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, on screen because I can visually tell. Mm. Corey Stahl and Dan Stevens are there, <laughs> I'd be able to work it out a lot I'd easier. I'd say the, the confusion would be that while we were thinking, wait, I don't understand because the name's Mulder and Scully, it would be they'd walk through this asylum in the 20s and think, you know, did see we've got on screen text 1923 in New Mexico and say, oh, yeah, I know yeah. that institution. I recognize the building kind of, whatever. But, it, you know, a, a clearly earlier version of. And the agents would introduce themselves as Mulder and Scully and think, that's weird. Yeah, you, I, I can definitely picture them like marching up to the desk and like flashing their ID yeah. and being like, oh, I'm Agent Mulder, this is Agent Scully. <laughs> and everyone in the audience goes, what? But, yeah. but you just carry on with the story. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. Sorry, pretty, I, I'm so sorry about how it's worded because it's a real fucker to talk about without, but yeah. yeah. Per- you're purposefully misleading the audience. Yes. Which means you're also purposefully misleading us. Yes. <laughs> and as if you're first time listening to this show, you know, you're a big X-Files fan coming into this. We don't read the pitches of the picture ahead of time. So yeah. Tim and I have not read this ahead of time. We don't know what's coming until we read it out to you, listeners. So me going and being like, what the fuck is going on? And me being confused? Totally real. I wouldn't just make <laughs> that up for the show. <laughs> no. So it's like, yeah, it's, I think it would, as you said, Tim, having those moments, you can, having said that out loud, like, oh, that totally makes sense. They just hold up their badges mm. and like, that's a Mulder and Scully. Mm. What the fuck is going on here? Mm-hmm. And that's a... That's a cool confusion of like, huh, interesting. Where I was like, wait, what? They're men? I know, I what know. What the fuck is going on here? Whereas like, I-, I think it's an issue we run into with our pitches as well. You know, we always talk about like, oh, we've only got so many words. You know, you can't go into every single little detail. And, and the that format. Kind of stuff. <laughs> the format being, this isn't a script. <laughs> this also isn't a visual medium. And yeah. <laughs> you're receiving this through audio. Unless you're a patron, you can read the script yourself. But like, it's not a full script. So it's not like, Scully, to, played to fair, by Dan Stevens. Da, 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 even da, the script, blah, 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 like. you'd read if you were, if you were like say Dan Stevens' approach, saying we could bring the X-Files back. Oh, cool! We want you to come on board. Is this guy called you know Daniel? Like, oh yeah, that'd be great. Reads through it and thinks, wait, I don't understand. And then gets to the end, and go, oh shit! Now I understand. Mm. You read the script again and go, now I'm in on the joke. Now I understand mm. what this is. Yeah. And like, uh, hopefully, like you guys are now, like, okay, now I could read the script again. And I'd be like, oh, I see. That's again how a lot of the X-Files was written. <laughs> <laughs> I. I, I, I like your casting. I think it's mm. on point. I can see all those people in those roles. I kind of want all of the Scullies to be redheads. Uh, I, I, I thought the same thing. But I, you, do, you do have Corey Stoll as one, a notably bald man. Yes. yes. I, and he has a terrible fucking wig. And is it the strain? The strain. Yeah. God, that wig is fucking awful. He has the back hair. We could always have that dyed. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, no, I, I, probably, I probably wouldn't. Fuck I think it'd up. be too on the nose but i would probably have I, I think you, i think that's the kind of level of on the nose you need to be well, maybe i would then okay <laughs> uh along similar lines tim i i genuinely thought they were the other way around i was like oh i can see dan stevens as redhead and you were like Corey scully i was like oh <laughs> okay maybe not um there's a lot of dick in this it's a big big old sausage fest yep um it's cause I, the, the i know you're going back to the 50s and the 20s and stuff yeah i know i my worry there is that you're as i said earlier like removing one of the most iconic, strong, independent women yeah, of yeah, TV yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Like, now there are a bunch of dudes, and now there's three times as many dudes as there's yeah. just Gillian Anderson by herself. And no, no, I think, also I think, Dakota yeah. Fanning's there a little bit, but not really. So I'm kind of like... Mm. And also she's again. just playing a victim. Yeah. Over well, yeah, and over yeah, and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. not really representing I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I feel like definitely not as badly as the first movie does. Even though, mm. Like I said, as much as I enjoyed it, where she's just like 
a thing to be saved, as you said, Tim. Yes. I was going to say, I, I, I see her as almost being an example of how she is a better agent than anybody in the room. Because, in fact, okay. the guys in the 20s are... Like, what's their interrogation method? We're going to beat this woman tied to a bed. It's like, are you out of your fucking mind? It's like, it's 20s. And I'm like, okay. And the guys in the 50s are very like, ain't no dame on the bureau. Mm. And it's like, uh, no, dickhead. And every chance it comes up, Scully is clearly going to... But the problem is that yeah. as much think, as Scully is going to be... you need that for have yes. Scully really... Not actually defend herself, but like... No, no, prove, she needs to prove she herself. Proves herself. That, yeah, she doesn't absolutely. have to, but she does. Yes. At the same time, the problem is that she's also going from a skeptical side of things with science... And that's the key thing there. Very quickly, you get the Scullies agreeing with each other. And, and more importantly, like the 50 Scullies like, oh, no, I fully agree with this. This woman is absolutely the smartest person in the mm. room. Because not only does she understand what I'm saying, she has more concepts than me. I think I'm the smartest one here anyway. That kind of dynamic mm. is there. Yeah, also, you need yeah. that. That is a, a slight flaw with the X-Files in general. Go ahead. Is that Scully is the disbeliever, but both... A, Fox is, is the believer yes but also we as the audience know that these things are true like very like i was surprised that like in the second episode of the x-files you basically see it's not a technically a spaceship because it's a u.s spacecraft uh, u.s aircraft built using ufo parts but it's like yeah. it's like you get confirmation very Confirmed early aliens, on yeah. aliens are real and yet scully has to go through the whole thing going like but i don't think they are real and so it's like even though she's you'd, very you'd, smart. You'd be a believer by like episode six at this point. Like, Yes. Come on. And, and, like, yeah, and she's constantly being proven yeah, wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and, and her being the smartest person in the room. But Mulder is always right. Yes. Like, I know, all his batshit insane conspiracy theories are like, well, what if it was this crazy yeah. trans-dimensional thing? It's like, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. You're right, mate. Like, now, well, this is where we get to the point of the X-Files, the problem with the X-Files. Yeah. I mentioned before, how about by season six, the whole syndicate uh, mythology story yeah, wraps yeah. up. Mm. In a reasonably pleasing-ish kind of way. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm okay with that. But there's also other threads of new things coming in. You're like, yeah, sure, whatever. Scully still doesn't believe things. And I'm like, by series eight and nine, like, you can't. Scully yeah. must be so solid. You need, to, you need to evolve that character. And yeah. the thing is, as an audience, the, 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 the uh, it, Tim's right. And t this is the thing I'm trying to explain to someone, you know, with literally hundreds of these episodes, yeah, versus yeah. people with like three or none. And it's the idea of like, <laughs> you're right, Tim. You go... But there's all this evidence, and it's clearly established as true. And it's the same with, like, you know, if a, if a character does something on screen, it's like, well, yes, because we know it's confirmed, confirmed as reality mm. now because we've seen the character do it. It's not mm. like unreliable narrator. This is fact. However, it less it becomes less about the validity of whether... It, we, we know it's fucking true. Mm. We know that, that potentially all of this is true. It's about what you can prove and what you can change. And you end up going, come on, come on, just, just, and you, you think, well, is this the one thing that's going to crack it in the same way at the parallel at the exact same time? Is this the time they're going to kiss? Mm. Th those two <laughs> things are working at yeah. each other's odds. The difference is by the time series nine rolls around and they have a child together that's up for adoption and they have seen and experienced all kinds of shit. Casually dropped in the adoption thing. Well, yeah, like, well, no it'd be safer deal. if he's adopted. It's like, okay, okay. Oh, and so to try okay. and bring any of that shit in there, I thought... I'm just going to do the most fucking out there standalone, which is a tribute to the idea of the X-Files. And most importantly, and this is the key bit here, why the X-Files cannot exist outside of the 90s. Mm. That was the window for that reason. The whole mm. alien crash ship stuff, separating time and space as an involuntary reaction. It's like, mm. you know, 20s had, you know, lots of like speculative fiction, sci-fi future, outer space, 50s, exactly the same fucking thing. Tons of that shit with the Outer Limits and um, Twilight Zone, all those kind of yeah. things. 
the 90s again is where our x-files exists and the 2010s we have conspiracy stuff but like these don't work you could do a version of the x-files but it doesn't work as i said x-files does a thing where they try and travel back to the uh, a ship in the bermuda triangle triangle sorry where the cigarette smoking man is a nazi <laughs> and julian <sighs> anderson isn't scully she's a flapper from the 20s or something like that <laughs> it doesn't work it's yeah. nonsense but people like that episode and Mulder gets pushed off a ship, goes back, goes, hey, I'm back. Oh. There's another episode where they go to avoid and the world is shifting around. This I've drawn on elements and bits and pieces that work in a sort of big homage. And also like, I talk about like, you know, anachronistic and things like mobile phone, for example. Yes, yeah. And the thing that's more subtle is like, you know, Mulder's typing up his notes on a typewriter. And I was like, why is he on a typewriter? Like, oh, it's Mulder. He's been a prick. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, no, no, no. There's just things that are blipping in and out. Of, yeah. Because these three universes are... You're following four threads of what's possible. And then you go, this one is the safe one. Yes. Reset back to the start. Mm. We'll it's take a, it from It's here. almost like the kind of the whole like, oh, reality is a simulation type yeah, thing. Precisely. And yeah, precisely. It's, yeah. it's the program glitching as it's... That's it's exactly like, it. It's like when everybody... Uh, I've seen footage of like, I think it was The Sims Online as it was shutting down and people would like, you know, all the people who were still like, avid users of it were just like gathering together and like things were just like dropping out of reality and characters oh, wow. would just drop through the floor and stuff like that that's exactly what i'm describing basically yeah. and it's a it's a harder thing to describe in a limited pitch than it is to see visually and go what the fuck is going on and be hopefully intrigued and enthralled by what's happening and then getting also just to point out there's no real action said oh maybe there's some cg action sequences like not really mm. because the x-files <laughs> thrives when there's a hint of mystery and a lot of conversation. <laughs> and a lot of darkness. A lot of darkness. And yeah, hiding everything. And I've kind of just buried us in that, basically. So it is a tribute to things that you're not familiar with. <laughs> I, I presume that, that Chrissy, Christine, Chris is always going to be Dakota. Like, she's not going to turn... Always Dakota Fanny. Yeah, she's not going to turn into like yeah. a, a... She has different haircuts. Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. Right, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's why she doesn't remember from my time. Like, Time-appropriate not... haircuts. Yeah, she's thing, not right. real. She is a thing. And equally, every other version of her isn't real. It's like when the 2013 Mulder and Scully are saying, there's no evidence of this person existing. Yeah. Like, well, who the fuck reported her missing? That's not yeah. possible. And again, that's... I mean, there are so many things where like, oh, it must be like fairy tales with them going missing. It's like, why? And, and there's so many versions in the in the episodes where they come up with ideas that it could be this, but it isn't. And so you need them to fail over and over again and almost haphazardly just stumble into the answer and go, oh, I guess this happened. And I guess it was yeah. aliens all along. Huh? Always aliens. What's up? So I, I, I actually really like it. I think it's a really clever step around of like, how do you avoid talking about all the stuff that happens in the series? But still, the have an canon. <laughs> yeah. still have an X-Files episode. I, I, I think you've done a, a good job there. Agreed, yeah. Thank you. I would make one change. Please. Which could have some butterfly effect changes uh, on stuff like casting no but, go for it you know, go for it go for it i wouldn't make it in 2013 mm. i'd make it in 2023 damn tim wow. okay okay i'm gonna let you on some shit initially i was gonna do it in 2023 yeah. i thought i can't do that again i can't keep saying the future the future the future but i'm like that's a good time for it it would be harder on the de-aging but the aging tech is better now yes and also it with the fact that we have social media and mm. interference and dis disinformation, I thought I know Gilligan can see the future as well. I know he can yeah. see these things and these trends happening, but it makes sense of the audience if it already has happened. Yeah, it gives Vince Gilligan a bit more of time, more time to make it <laughs> a decade to fair, recover. Fair. Yeah, from, like to you fair, say, he still helped like working on Better Call Saul. I'd say the cast, yeah, so. cast still works. By the, the way, cast cast still pretty much works. Fisher mm. Stevens getting a bit old, but you know who knows. But then Scully could just be an older guy on the force. Doesn't yeah. necessarily need to be. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah, I think, like you say, 
it, it means that the aging tech will have to do a bit more work, but it also it's means much we, better now. We know it can. Yeah. 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 I would say, I'm sorry to interrupt you, I had also considered, it's like, well, why is the 2013 version of Mulder and Scully the same as the 1993 version? I'm like, I don't know. Um, various ideas of what I, to, mm. to logic, I thought there's no point in putting the logic in there for now. It doesn't matter. Um, and then I thought to myself, I could have the only version of Mulder and Scully be, you know, as we know them, being the 1993 version we never see. I thought, if I release an X-Files film without Julian yeah. Anderson and David Copy at the center of it, I will be crucified. And I would be the one nailing the fucking head. Yeah, if you had done that, we would be having... I know, I would be, yeah. I'd be like, yeah. are you out of your fucking mind? You'd um, just done the 50s and the 20s version. Oh no, and a 2013 like... version with someone else entirely. Oh, cast. Yeah, like like I would be so yeah. angry with myself. I'd be like, Jessica I mean... Chastain and Oscar Isaac. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hello. Um, yeah, I was... That confused me. I in know, the, I know. The 2013, I was like, day two in 2013. I'm like... <laughs> Wait, what? Are they just enlisted <laughs> in the FBI in their 40s? Like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on here? Yeah. Yeah, I was very confused there as well. Um, yeah, but... I, I, 2023 so is not a bad chapter. And, and also, the other thing is that, like, people didn't really have... Like, we talked many times about nostalgia, the cycles and stuff like that. And even though nostalgia in some areas goes in like a 20 year cycle oh but we because, are in because time yeah. is collapsing in on itself at the moment <laughs> yeah like there wasn't a lot of 90s nostalgia in in 2013 that's true i think there would be more and people would be more receptive to an x-files there film. is now so right yeah like, this is so true. 2021 yeah. there's gonna be stuff yeah in that's, that's fair now. that's fair and i'd say that what we're really playing on is, is more in the 2013 film we're playing on the 20s and the 50s more than the 90s we're yes. talking about the 90s but we're not seeing or experiencing yeah. it really uh, but you're entirely correct. There's a big hunger for it now. And by 1923, fuck me, by 2023, we'd be we'd be so deep in 90s nostalgia. We've already got mm. cl- fashion and things like that and yeah. various co- yeah. pop culture stuff oh, coming no. through. People who are now saying, hey, the 80s kids, like you've already been left behind. <laughs> yeah. You're showing your age, as it were. Yeah. yeah. It's all fucking Sonic the Hedgehog and Mario adaptations. Yeah. Now. So Ghostbusters Afterlife and it's like, nah, I think you picked the wrong time. Um, so yes, it's, it is a really, and as I said, I was... Much in a strangely similar way to Jack doing the thing prequel, Uh-oh. you're given so, like such a constrained, weird mm. task, and it's like, how do you do this? And it's like, knowing what I know about the X Files, anything I do would disappoint me. <laughs> so I'm going to literally say the X Files shouldn't exist yeah. outside of series one to six. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm on double. But what I've done here is literally. I, said, I think I said to Jack is in the kitchen. I go like, I'm going to break the X Files. How so? I'm not going to explain. But now I'm going to explain. I'm going to break it by doing something that literally highlights why it was the best TV at the time it was on. Yes. And you can now go back to the start of the episode. And I'm hoping to use it as a bits of archive footage and things that's like, oh shit, that takes place in between episode that this and episode up, that. Yeah. yeah. I was, I was it's why it's that not. As we were saying it. Yeah. It's not Skinner at that point because Skinner's not involved in that yeah, to that yeah. degree. I can I can see there being a lot of like. When they start talking about like cases that have led up to this and stuff, I feel like there's a lot of room to do like, like the twenties version yes. of what like yes. squeeze would have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I would know, definitely like, be doing that. Like little yeah. Easter eggs. I think yeah. there'd be some fun fan service in there. Them comparing cases and being like, "What well, yeah. six months ago we did this thing?" It's like, wait a minute, was that in Alaska? And they'll be like, "Yeah, yeah. Like, oh my god, that was yeah. Alaska! <laughs> Holy shit!" And like, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, definitely, exactly. Yeah. It's just a really hard one to talk about in pitch form yes but the concept hopefully carries you through once you know what it is so mm. hopefully the listeners are in the same point like, i think i get it now yeah hopefully and like i said patrons you will get the full pitch available to you mm. the day after this comes out on patreon so uh yeah you can spend the whole weekend rereading <laughs> this and trying to make more sense of it the 
the first read will be very confusing, and then the second time make a lot more sense. Mm. So Hopefully, yeah. Go. Yeah. And again, I'm writing a lot of X Files fans, and they're going, "No, <laughs> <laughs> Syndicate or nothing." I know we do have some X Files fans because they've talked on the Discord before. Yes, so. there's been a recent rebinging of all of it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, if yeah. you'd like to join the Discord and all that good stuff, and like I said, join us on Patreon and get the full script and the early access and all that kind of stuff, you go to patreon.com slash sequelizers. You can go to sequelizers.com. There's links for the Patreon, links for the Discord, links for the shop, links for all of our social media and all the podcast platforms, all the live streams, all the stuff that you could possibly want from us here at Sequelizers. If you want to follow me, I am JLW Chambers on all the social media and all that good stuff. Matthew, how can people follow you? Stogs, S-T-O-G-H-Z, on the social media. You can go to theredrighthand.co.uk to read my reviews. You can go to cheeseman.com to see the things that I make. Tim, if I was to set up a meeting with you to be in a car park to discuss things at, late at night that we don't want people to hear and we'd hide our phones and make sure no one could know what was going on, how could I do that? Well, I'd say the truth isn't out there. It's on my Twitter feed, which is trivia underscore lad. Uh, and by truth, I mean bad jokes. I'll take it. Well, next week, it's going to be something very different, uh, for sure. Is it? Spoiler alert. It's another map pitch. I'm writing the exact ah. same thing again for a different franchise, baby. <laughs> Just swap the... Find, replace Mulder and Scully. <laughs> Insert character Other name. Names. 1923 yeah. version. <laughs> Motherfuck you, Stockton. Oh, my God. Definitely not. But we mm. are getting towards the end of the season. We're getting yeah. ready for interseason stuff coming up at the end of the year. We'll basically be finishing this in December. Yeah. By the end of mm. 2021, we will have completed another year of weekly episodes. Mm. Patrons, there will be a poll now live on the Patreon uh, where you can decide one of our interseason episodes and obviously keep an eye out because uh, probably in a, about six weeks' time after that, there'll be one deciding an episode of season 10. Mm. So if you're not on the patrons, it's a good time to get up with it. Yeah, we're already talking about season 10. We've already talked to some of the executive producers about what they want for the interseason stuff and their picks for interseason and season 10. I can't believe I'm saying season 10. That's insane. But yeah, we'll be back with more season 9 next week. And until then, thank you very much for listening. Do-dee-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-